0: Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Sons Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to Two Sons Podcast. If this is your fifth, 40th, 50th, because now we have over 50 episodes, 10th, whatever it is, welcome, welcome back. Um, we have another very exciting episode in store for you guys today, and we be, we will be continuing On the Star Wars track of kind of what we did last week. And we will actually be discussing the first couple episodes of Disney Plus's new original live action show of Ahsoka. Ooh, Yes, yes, yes. We have a very, very exciting episode. Um, If you guys don't know who Ahsoka is, I highly recommend finding out who that character is. Um, Definitely watch Clone Wars and Rebels before this show if you haven't. So you kind of know a little bit about the backstory, especially Rebels. I believe that it's going to be crucial to this um, show, especially since it is made by the Cowboy Hat Man himself. The legend of Star Wars has made a name, Cowboy Man Dave Filoni. Yes, sir. You are the Star Wars God. We all appreciate and love you. Please hit us up. Um, But if you guys don't know, (laughs) I I am your host, Joe. And I am joined by my co-host, my good, wonderful, amazing, delicious brother, Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you yes. flatter me. You flatter me. Well,
0: hello, everybody. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing, doing. Sorry, I had to take a sip of water. It's okay to stay hydrated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. How, how are you surviving the hurricane down there? Oh,
1: well, I guess we're jumping right into it then. Uh, so, <laughs> let's see. I am doing good. Uh, It's you know for those of you that listen to us in Florida or have just been in the south recently uh there has been a hurricane that has came through the area uh it was supposed to hit Florida which it did obviously thankfully in the area that I'm in with Florida uh, it didn't hit us very severely so you know we just got some wind got some rain but other than that no damage everybody's safe and sound uh, unfortunately you know some other areas of Florida were not so lucky um so you know anybody living in Florida anybody that's family in Florida you know please check up on them make sure they're doing okay Um, You know, if there are any charities opening up, you know, like the Red Cross or anything that are looking for donations, uh, you know, please help out your community, you know, help out your neighborhood. And, uh, you know, just remember to be thankful for what you have, you know, because that could have been you. Um, So you've seen some of the footage. Thankfully, there have been no deaths so far, um, but seeing the destruction like in those places, like when it's smacked down, like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, you know, you would have thought like whole like communities were like underwater. I mean, like, you know, there's literally just flooding up to like people's front door. It was crazy. Um. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, was uh, thankfully safe and sound. Uh, so that's pretty much been my week so far because uh, I actually got a day off of work because of the hurricane, which was nice. So I've had like a nice little three-day break so far before I go back to, uh, to work this weekend. But, uh, you know, school's been going pretty good, you know, just trucking along, you know, doing my thing. Um, you know, other than that, you know, work has been pretty good, you know, overall. In pretty good spirits um you know i think because of uh the ahsoka show and just everything revolving around star wars i've kind of had this like renewed energy um just to kind of like you know look forward to something coming out every week and um know yeah, just just thankful for uh you know dave Filoni, the cowboy hat man and uh just excited to see even though it is a shorter series i am excited to see how the series is going to progress and you know eventually end um but yeah you know i'm doing pretty good so uh, how are we doing over there in new york joey
0: yeah you know new york has new york has been fine it's actually been uh pretty uh pretty nice here um it's actually been pretty uh cool at night it's been like the perfect night to just go sit outside and drink some coffee or something um uh if you guys don't know uh i did start my new job this week uh so uh, you know it's been a week at uh, my new job and uh, it's been interesting you know it's uh it's uh, it's it's definitely a better change of pace from what I'm used to. Uh, but still getting used to it. it might take me a little while. But you know, I'm happy for the opportunity. Uh, you know, low key, obviously, you know, okay, maybe high key, like miss the movies. Um, but yeah, I just mainly miss my perks and you know the posters and all that stuff. But uh, that's in the past. Um, you know, we'll always talk about that on this podcast though. But uh, yeah, that's you know that's that's new in my life. You know, helping uh. Helping my girlfriend move, uh, you know, congrats to her on, uh, you know, getting a new place um, and to her family, uh, you know, still doing that. So uh, can't wait to see it done. Um, and then what else is going on? I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot in the next upcoming months. I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back and actually watching the shows I've been wanting to watch. So expect us to do episodes on shows that probably released a year or two ago. Um, you know, because who says we can't talk about it, uh, but this will be the time for me to catch up because I'll have so much time to actually, you know, um, do stuff with. And, um, you know, with the fall season right around the corner, I am very excited for the, you know, change and I'm excited to see a little bit more of the horror. I mean, if you guys don't know, a new horror movie just came out called Slother House, I believe. Uh, apparently it's actually decently rated with like a 60%. I mean, it's about a killer sloth in like a college house. So, I mean... I, I I don't know. Uh, g- go watch it, but I I don't think I would watch it. I don't think I would pay full price for it. Go see it on like a Tuesday or something. Um, apparently the audience liked it though. Um, it's, uh, it's um, and uh, what's it called you know Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm I'm so excited for that. I I don't know. I just I've been on a Five Nights at Freddy's kick lately. Uh, you know, uh, 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 and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure um and you know it's kind of funny when I'm when I think about like fall because I feel like the past couple of years we've had like big Halloween movies come out like from franchises like we you know we've had the past two years I'm pretty sure if not like I know last year you had Halloween ends I'm pretty sure and then the year before that you had either had Halloween kills or it was the year before that um and then you have I think there's a new season of the Chucky show coming back out, season three already, which is crazy. Yeah, I didn't probably. know that show was still around. Um, show, by the way. It was
1: pretty I cool. know they're
0: coming out with, like, a Killer Clowns of Out of Space game, and, you know, a I couple have seen other. That and it,
1: looks, uh, it looks pretty fun. Mm. Yeah, a couple of other, me, other. like, things? Dead by Daylight vibes, almost?
0: Yeah, I mean, it actually looks pretty cool. I don't know if I would pick it up, because that, I well, haven't apparently really it's been based on a, on a old-timey,
1: I think, like, 80s horror movie. Like, I think there was actually, like, um, a movie yeah. literally called Killer Clowns from Space. So I, yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Um, so, you know, it, it's always just interesting to see what they come up with when it comes to like video games, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and also we... don't
1: forget you're having the uh, the new Soul movie, I think, come out also later this year. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think this year, maybe
0: next year. No, no, it's this year. It's Saw Patrol. It comes I, out. not uh, like it's the, out.
1: like? Isn't this like the official like kind of like I guess like origin of like kind of like the Soul franchise? Like, isn't the whole movie about the guy that creates like? All the traps and everything like for these people I like i think it. i think watching the trailer uh because you know you see it in the movie theater i think the premise of the movie is that like there's this guy i think he's suffering from some sort of disease or cancer um and like he's i don't know if he's sent to this clinic or this hospital um but i forgot what happens but basically it was all a lie like they weren't gonna be able to cure him or whatever or whatever and they were kind of just like screwing him around so he decided to go like all psycho and like basically just punish the people that like were directly involved with him. Cause then like, you know, you see like the classic saw traps and like the all trap there and then everything. So it almost seems like it might be the origin of like the saw franchise. I don't know where it fits in the timeline. I'm not like a whole horror fanatic, but it seems like it's, it might be very early um, in the franchise. So I don't know if this is like the original guy or whatever, or I don't know. I mean, anybody that's a you know huge saw fan out there could probably, you know, fill in the pieces, but, uh, it looks pretty decent. I mean, I know the, the most recent one spiral was like absolutely terrible. I mean, just yeah. there's really no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, Chris rock could just cannot play a serious role. That man is meant <laughs> for comedy and, and, and just comedic humor. And he could just not, cause you hear his voice and he's trying to be serious. And you're just like, that's, I, I just, I just can't, is, you know, it just, is
0: very hard to make a spin off of a classic. And that would be a great episode. Um, because it really kind of is a spinoff. Like it, I forgot what it said on the title because of course I have the poster and it's like spiral, like a saw, a movie based on saw or like something, co- you know, correlated with it. It just, it, it, it doesn't work. It's not the same thing you and And if you go for the same thing, then you're going to be called a copy and then you can't get the same. I mean, the first, what's interesting the first, though, is
1: that like, that's one of the f- probably few horror movies that you actually saw though, where the killer actually won, to be honest.
0: I mean even I like by the that.
1: end of the movie, even by the end of the movie, they don't capture the guy, or he has the guy, and then he uses Sam L. Jackson as a decoy yeah. and then basically escapes. So it's like that's one of those rare horror movies where there is no happy ending and like I mean, the yeah. killer is still out there and everything.
0: It's kind of like also like if we're talking about Saw, like Jigsaw, cause like that's what you know the guy is called. Um, you know, he regardless of the outcome of the movie, he like always ends up winning because he always ends up get the play he, uh, people always end up playing his game like no matter if they know what to trap no matter how stupid they always just have to play the game and i mean obviously he's gotten eight movies out of it so i mean by this point somebody has so to figure out like, the game. That, that's or...
1: definitely a good uh episode topic like do sure. people really win in horror movies because are just so many franchises where like you have just... a halloween you have Friday especially Thursday, halloween have it's a like...
0: My man Michael was coming back like every year or so. It's like just freaking everybody move out of that small town. He's not going anywhere. It's like this ain't scream when he's not I th- going. I think this out
1: game. of the I think out of the big like heavy hitters for horror, I think like Halloween is finally wrapped up because I mean, I mean they literally shredded his whole body. I mean like I literally have no idea how he can come I back. I haven't from even that.
0: seen the last one like I because I heard it was it was, like... it
1: was probably uh, I I thought Halloween Kills was a lot better. I know a lot of people kind of don't like that movie. Um, but I love that movie. Uh, this one was. I, I, I know, know because
0: of like the copycat or something, but I do like the poster because it's him and him and uh, uh, what's his was name? wasn't terrible,
1: one? but at the same time, I wouldn't have wasted my money to go see it in a the theater. So I mean, it's I, probably I, on
0: know. HBO Max or something, Max, whatever. It's I think it's on, on
1: Peacock or something on Peacock or, or Max or whatever. So, yeah. I'll
0: check it out. During, during Halloween, I definitely want to catch up and uh, rewatch a couple horror movies. But yeah, sorry to get on a tangent there. Uh, but we'll definitely have fall episodes coming up. Definitely be excited for that. Um, you know, hoping to do a couple. But um, getting into the episode, yeah. We're pretty much here um, to talk about the first couple of episodes of Soka. If you guys don't know, yeah, uh, there has been currently three episodes released. Um, so the next episode will actually be... which. Should be coming out tonight, technically, right? Huh? What? Huh? What? Like, what?
1: What do you mean? Like, what's coming out tonight?
0: When does Ahsoka come out? Oh,
1: like, that what? came out. Uh, that came out Tuesday night. It, it comes out Tuesday nights at nine
0: o'clock. Okay. So mm. next next week will be the you know mid season. Um. Premiere of uh, or finale, whatever you want to call it, of uh, Ahsoka. So we'll already be halfway through the show, uh, but it hasn't, you know, felt rushed. um I think it it's going go out a good pace.
1: On Wednesdays, like every other Disney Plus show, but then for some reason they wanted to to like sync up more to like you know like the European audience and just like the worldwide audience. So they had it come out on Tuesday night instead of Wednesday because it was originally supposed to premiere on Wednesday and then it was pushed to like you know late Tuesday night, like nine o'clock. So it's been coming out on Tuesdays and it's been confirmed that like, you know, the rest of the show will come out on Tuesdays at nine o'clock. So
0: I think it's kinda because like they knew people would stay up until like midnight or whatever to watch like when the show came out. But like I think they were like, oh, you know, why should we make people, you know, wait up till midnight to watch this show and again, like maybe to also help with other audiences, um, you know, being better on time. So I mean, I, I don't mind it. I mean if some people are really Eager and they want to watch it like at you know Tuesday night, so you know, I still got the bed at a certain time. That's good, if not, you know, you got all Wednesday to do it as well. Um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, right now there's only been three episodes, and uh, they've both I, I, I actually think I feel like the third one was the shortest one, it seemed yeah, like.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the listings on Disney+, Plus, like, each episode got a little bit shorter. um, But that was expected. I mean, that's kind of just how Disney+, Plus does their shows, like, just, you know, historically, they tend to get shorter as the series goes on. Um, You know, however, I heard, like, the fifth episode might be, like, at least an hour long or, like, 50 minutes long. Um, And Dave Filoni is going to be directing that one. So that one should be really good. Uh, However, I'm not sure... You know, there hasn't been like a confirmed schedule with like how much uh, runtime each episode is going to be for the rest of the series. They're kind of just, you know, finding out when when the episodes come out. Um, so uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, just to kind of get into the conversation. So I mean, if you guys haven't figured out already, obviously, we are going to be discussing the first three episodes of the Ahsoka show, which obviously came out on Disney Plus two weeks ago, is when it premiered. They came out with the first two episodes, and then obviously. This uh, past Tuesday was the third episode, so the show is about three episodes in now. Um, And it obviously is circling around the, you know, well-known Star Wars character of Ahsoka Tano, uh, a fan favorite. Everybody loves her. Um, For those of you that do not know who Ahsoka Tano is, um, she was Anakin Skywalker's Jedi Padawan during the Clone Wars. Um, You know, she was brought to the Jedi Temple by Master Plo Koon. Um, you know, at a young age, and, you know, she was trained uh, under the wing of Anakin Skywalker. She was originally supposed to be assigned to Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, for those of you that are Star Wars fans and watch the Star Wars The Clone Wars movie. Uh, However, you know, the way the, you know, universe decided everything, uh, she ended up becoming Anakin's Padawan. And, uh, you know, she was very well known throughout all the Clone Wars show. Um, And then basically, you know, at the end of the Clone Wars show, she ends up getting accused of this, like, giant conspiracy, and she is almost expelled from the Jedi Order. Uh, however, she's found innocent, and they ask her to come back. But then she actually walks away from the Jedi Order. Um, so we do not see her while in the Clone Wars uh, until season seven of the Clone Wars, where she comes back um, to help the Mandalorians retake Mandalore from Darth Maul and his followers. Um, so you see her, like you know, reunite with Obi Wan and Anakin, and uh, you know Captain Rex. Uh, she's given her own clone battalion called the 332nd um which is like basically just part of the 501st that was kind of just cut in half and given to her uh under her command and then obviously you know we see her go through the uh you know events of order 66 and how she kind of escapes that and then uh you know we don't see her again until uh the next uh star wars show star wars rebels uh, another one of dave filoni's babies and uh she comes back as the rebel spy known as fulcrum and uh you know she's a part of the show you know for a, a a decent uh, bit of time. Um obviously she's gotten older. You know, we see her with new lightsabers. Um, you know, and to make a long story short, like she uh ends up confronting uh Darth Vader. So she finds out the truth about anakin Skywalker that he turns into Darth Vader. And um, you know, they have like a very like good fight. Uh I forgot what planet it's on. It's on like some sort of a uh, Sith planet uh, at this like ancient Sith temple, but it- it's a really good fight. Um and then obviously towards the end of Rebels we see her uh, reuniting with someone from the ghost crew known as Sabine, and they are on the hunt for one of their former members, Ezra Bridger, and Grand Admiral Thrawn. And, uh, even though that was, like, a very rough run-through of who she is, that's basically how, (laughs) how, uh, we lead into the show. Um, we do see her in her first live-action appearance, uh, in The Mandalorian in Season 2, uh, played by Rosario Dawson. And basically that episode ties into her series and what we've seen so far. so I feel like, you know, jumping into this series, obviously you have to know who Ahsoka Tano is. Um, you should also know who the Ghost Crew is. So obviously the Ghost Crew is the, uh, you know, group that we followed during Star Wars Rebels. Um, they consist of Ezra Midger, uh, Sabine Wren, Kanan Jarrus, Harrison Dula, uh Zeb, and Chopper. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they kind of start out as like just this like small rebel cell. Eventually they join the broader uh, Rebel Alliance when they become Phoenix Squadron. Um, but the series basically revolves around them. Um, and obviously each of the characters have their own unique backstory. I mean, we'll get into them more when we talk about the show. Um, but yeah, uh, so, you know, as long as you pretty much know those characters and you know, Sokotano, um, you're pretty much all set. I mean, you know, I, you don't really need to know much about Theron because obviously you kind of learn about him during Rebels. Um, and then everybody else we're going to meet, I mean, they are new characters uh, that have just been introduced. So there's really no backstory behind them. Um, except for Hu Yang, but again, if you watch the Clone Wars, then you know who he is. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's that's pretty much the uh, the basic rundown of uh, you know who the players are in this show. And uh, you know, I think without further ado, we can get into our uh, our conversation. So obviously, we're gonna start with the first episode. So I have Disney Plus open, so let's see. The first episode is called uh, Part One: Master and Apprentice, and it was pretty much about an hour long. Um, it was like fifty-six minutes, and um, I mean, right off the bat, uh, you know, let's give it our our rating, you know, out of uh, out of uh, suns. So um, uh, I think if I had to rate this, I think I'm giving it probably a solid eight out of ten suns. If I had to, if I had to rate it, um, I think it was a good start. Uh, I don't think there was anything like, you know, like oh my god, like this was, like you know, amazing. But I didn't think it was terrible either. So I, I thought it was definitely a pretty good start. Um. So I, that's why I kind of give it that like kind of like average rating.
0: Yeah, I would uh, I would have to agree with you, and I would also say an eight out of ten. Um, I like that it kind of uh, it didn't necessarily jump into things. I I did like that it opened with, you know, you could say a master and apprentice,
1: and um, I'm sorry, I don't I don't know what what is it, Malik, right? So the what what he's referring to is that you know the the episode opens up with these two like unknown dark jedi um the older one he's known as balen uh and then the yeah. girl i believe is like she it's like spelled like s-h-i-t-i but like she like i i'm afraid to pronounce her name because i don't exactly know how to pronounce it um but it's it's something like she um everybody's like already simping over her everybody's like already yeah, obsessed with uh, her yeah, So it it opens up with the two of them. Those are like two new characters that we meet in this show. Um, And from what we know so far, um, obviously, we know the older gentleman, uh, Balin. He was once a Jedi, um, but obviously, you know, things happened. And he's not considered a Sith because obviously, you know, what's uh, interesting is that this is the first time we're actually canonically seeing uh, orange lightsabers in Star Wars. Um, So they do have orange kyber crystals so they do not refer to themselves as jedi but they also do not t- say that they're sith so that's why i like to use the term dark jedi um and we see that his uh. apprentice um is actually being trained in the jedi way because she has the padawan braid uh, coming from her hair
0: yeah that's so, what um, i noticed you know, which i actually um i thought was interesting because i was like oh i wonder like i'm surprised that she had to use that and i thought i was like okay i was like since he's from the jedi order That's probably something he kind of followed. But something that I actually kind of like about the character of Balan is he doesn't he seems at peace in like what he does. Like and even in terms of like what he's done so far hasn't necessarily been horrific. Like, you know, they had that opening scene where they faked, you know, being Jedi to get on the ship. And you know, then they had the you know a hallway scene like you know of course one does. It was a pretty cool hallway scene. You know nothing crazy. If there was more men, I think it would have been cooler. But um you know nothing crazy. Got the job done. And um even when he talks about things, he has like it doesn't seem like he has no qualm like against the Jedi, at least that we know of yet, or like no hatred towards like them. You know he's like oh you know it's a shame if I gotta kill Ahsoka Tano because there's very few Jedi out there. You know it kind of seems like he's at peace with. Maybe what happened or what he's done or you know what he currently does. So I mean I I, I kind of like that they don't just have some another inquisitor like character who's just pissed off or you know serving some higher master, which you know of course he is serving some higher master, but that's not his whole personality. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. So yeah, I I really like that part of him so far, and um you know the girl, um. Again, I'm not going to try to pronounce her name, but if you've seen the show, you know who she is. If not, like my brother said, that's his apprentice. Um, you know, she's she's all right right now. Um, she's really done nothing crazy that I've uh, honestly, like, really connected with. Um, it seems like she definitely is a little bit more hot-headed. Um, like you, But again, you haven't really seen her be, like, crazy angry and off the rails. Even when she was fighting um, Sabine, she kind of seemed a little bit more, like, taunting and calm. In that fight, Uh, so you know, I kind of like that about them—that they're just not, you know, stereotypical, you know, maybe Sith type beings that are just all one side. You know, maybe maybe they do both hold, you know, the other side a little bit as well, still.
1: And I mean, I think that's an interesting uh, comparison um, because I've talked about it from the beginning that we're definitely going to see this parallel uh, throughout the show with uh, you know Balin and his apprentice, and then obviously Ahsoka and Sabine. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, two sides of the same coin here. Um, so, you know, I I hesitate to call them Grey Jedi um, because, you know, we do see in some episodes that they are after some sort of like power. Um, I think Valen says it in the second episode where, you know, his apprentice basically asks him, well, what happens when we find Throne? You know, what does that yeah. mean for us? And then he's basically like power. So obviously that, that's a very dark side thing. Um, you know, however, we do see his hesitation and his calmness almost like he's kind of found inner peace within himself, and he did what he had to do prior to survive Order 66. And the choices that he made to get to this point, I mean, he's lived with it, you know, and um, that's why, again, you know, he has the canonically orange lightsaber. Um, you know, he doesn't call himself a Jedi, but you could easily tell that he's not a Sith. Uh, so it's very interesting. Um, they've definitely become people's favorite characters. Um, also, uh, rest in peace, uh, Ray Stevenson, because the guy that is actually playing Balin. Uh, passed away before the show was released so it's a shame he couldn't see his character be fulfilled uh to the very end uh however you know wherever he is hopefully he knows how many people love his character uh because i've been seeing nothing but good things about his character everybody loves his character um and hopefully his story is wrapped up in a way by the end of the show or maybe in this dave Filoni movie um, that it's not like an open-ended question like you know oh what happens to Balin? Hopefully they've mm-hmm. kind of written his story, you know, before he passed away. Um, because unfortunately it was just like just some like one orthodox, like yeah. you know, health concern or whatever, just something that wasn't scripted, obviously. Um so yeah, but uh, but rest in peace. Uh to and that's why the first episode obviously had the Edmund yeah, crawl, like, you know, to our friend Ray in in regards to him. Um so those are two new characters that we meet. Uh and then, you know, since we're kind of on the topic of them, uh, we see that, you know, in that scene where um They're rescuing, uh, I believe the girl's name is Morgan Elsbeth. For those of you that, you know, haven't watched The Mandalorian or you don't remember her, uh, she was in the season two episode with Ahsoka. Uh, She was the one that Ahsoka confronted in that compound. And, you know, she fought with, like, the, like, Beskar sphere uh, Mm -hmm. sphere or whatever. And, um, you know, she acts as, like, you know, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? So we know that there is a connection between uh, this girl, Morgan, and Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, So obviously we see Balin and his princess uh, there to rescue her. Because this is again, this is probably taking place after that episode where Ahsoka has already captured her, probably handed her over to the New Republic, and uh, you know she was in New Republic custody, and um, yeah, and then obviously we see her escape, and then uh, you know to continue on with her character, um, we also find out that she's a Knight Sister. Um,
0: I do like that they have the Knight Sisters. Um, I mean. You know we which haven't is, which is very interesting several.
1: um the last time we've seen anything related to the night sisters is obviously the Jedi uh fallen order and survivor games uh obviously you know everybody's beloved character Marion she is a night sister but that was the last time we've seen Star Wars represent the Night Sisters uh since Rebels to be honest I mean there was that uh part or that episode in Rebels where you know Maul went to Dathomir with like you know Kanan and Ezra and Sabine. Uh, and we saw of like, the spirits of the Night Sisters and we heard about the Night Sisters, but the last time we saw them, you know, I guess, in any like Star Wars canon or lore was, you know, the Jedi Fallen Order games. Um, when they were
0: really big in the Clone Wars. Like, you know, that when I think of the Night Sisters, that's like the biggest project I think of. So it's interesting that they would actually focus on, not necessarily focus on, but you know, and and both the Night Sisters have played a part in the you know first couple episodes of this show well, i
1: want to i want to get your thoughts on you know uh you know morgan being a night sister i mean like you know do you do you think it was a, a you know a smart thing to do like you know to bring the night sisters back do you think he has like deeper plans for the night sisters because obviously we see um you know obviously we see ahsoka go to this planet you know called arcana and we know that the ruins you know and the building that she is exploring was built by the night Sisters, you know. So we know that the night Sisters were active on other planets besides Dathomir. So, do you think this is like some ploy um, for Dave Filoni to kind of like tie everything all together?
0: I mean, it could be his way of tying things together, but I also think bringing in the night Sisters is kind of a smart way to introduce almost another side of like a Force-like area. Because like you know, if you guys don't know who the Night Sisters are, they're pretty much like witches. You know, they're they're, they're Star Wars witches, and you know they can actually hold pretty immense power. Um, definitely watch the Clone Wars, and um, you know they've taken on General Grievous's army and you know almost defeated Grievous. And uh, same thing, they've you know fought Jedi and you know they've had very prominent um, warriors such as even Asajj Ventress. Uh, you know.
1: And Could we be. even have, like, you know, Mother Talzin, like, basically creating, yes. you know, Savage Press and then even giving Darth Maul back his legs. So we see that their magic is, like, basically on par or almost as strong as the Force.
0: I think it's kind of a way to – I don't want to say well, – I mean,
1: obviously Dave Filoni is obviously very heavily involved in Clone Wars, so this is definitely a move that was made by him. So I, I think that the Knight Sisters are going to play a deeper role into this show. Um, because, you know, obviously in further episodes, we see uh, Morgan use her Sister powers to, like, activate uh, the mm-hmm. sphere, you know, and show the star map. So I think it's going to play a little bit of a role. Uh, I don't think it's going to play, like, a super important role, but mm-hmm. I think it might just be, like, maybe a small nod to Clone Wars. Or just to show that the Sisters like, do exist still in some capacity and I they think weren't it's a completely way, worked out.
0: I think it's a way to, like, kind of maybe answer... Some sort of questions in terms of Thrawn, you know, it's like, <clears throat> how did they figure out how to get there? And it's like, oh, somebody that's a knight sister, you might be able to use her powers to figure this out. And it seems like yeah, that's there's the like, case there's with a lot of questions line.
1: that are left. There's a lot of questions that might be left open with the fact that she is a knight sister. Like, for example, the biggest question that I'm sure everybody's probably asking well, if she was a knight sister and she had night sister powers and magic. Why didn't she use those against Ahsoka when they fought in the Mandalorian?
0: I mean, I understand that, but it didn't seem like
1: it, it was her plan to get caught. And like, you know, that was her way of like kind of like moving events forward by having her get caught and then everything, you know, because she kept like mentioning like throughout these episodes so far, like the thread of fates like, oh, this is fate. This is destiny. So maybe it was part of her thread, so to speak get captured by Ahsoka, get brought aboard this ship, and then, like, have Balin and his apprentice come save her. You know, this is maybe I mean, something that she kind of cooked up, like, on the side or whatever.
0: I feel like half of it is part of a plan, and the other half is kind of like, oh, like, if I don't have to, I'm not going to use my powers. You know, kind of mm-hmm. like how we've seen with some Jedi of Force being yeah. mainly being, like, Kanan Jarrus, obviously hiding his identity. But if he didn't have to, he still wouldn't try to use his Jedi powers. So it's like, maybe for her... Uh, I mean again she was pretty, you know, skillful against Ahsoka with just the best car sphere. And but I also think, hey, she if she really, you know, is going along with this threat of fates and, you know, all that stuff, it probably was in her, you know, best interest to put on a fight, get captured, and then, you know, let the fates basically play out.
1: Yeah, either that or honestly, like, you know, because obviously Dave is not too heavily involved in Mandalorian maybe you know john fairfow or you know just the creators of the mandalorian didn't want to bring that story to light you know so maybe they wanted to leave it for dave filoni to tell the night sister story you know they didn't want to reveal that she was a night sister in their show when you know dave filoni had future plans for her so maybe they were just like oh yeah you know we'll just kind of write in some sort of story where it makes sense and then obviously you could do the big reveal in your show um so that's also another possibility i mean we we don't know how you know, it worked behind the scenes. I like to go with the with the theory though that you know this was just all part of her plan. You know, this is what needed to be done, and for some reason, you know, she needed to get captured, um you know, by Ahsoka and you know get a, brought aboard the New Republic ship, and then, you know, obviously that was just the way that she had to handle things. Um, you know, we could argue that you know maybe it was more like a 4D chess play, and uh, it seems like she obviously told Ahsoka where to find this star map, so maybe. You know by doing so maybe she thought like you know i don't know but i i like maybe to, she wasn't said,
0: able to access the map for some reason and she, you know somebody like ahsoka was able to maybe maybe you know that had something to do with what the night sisters powers you know possess of maybe she needed multiple night sisters and she didn't have that you know i it mean, could really be a bunch so, of different I mean, things it,
1: it just yeah i mean regardless it just seems like this was just some some part of her plan you know, and then, I mean, we could just kind of, like, leave it at that, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that kind of, like, you know, uh, takes care of, like, I guess all the newer characters that we've met so far, um, except for one, just because we haven't gone around to talking about him yet. Um, You know, so then while we're on the topic of, you know, Arcana and that planet, uh, you know, we go right into Ahsoka. Um, so, obviously, you know, we first see Ahsoka, like, you know, kind of, like, discovering and, you know, traveling around. Uh, this planet known as Arcana. Um, so apparently it was built. Well, the planet itself wasn't built by the Night Sisters, but the temple and the buildings that she was exploring were built by the Night Sisters. You know, so we see that connection to the Night Sisters um, in the very first like ten minutes of the show. Um, and again, obviously some of this knowledge I know because I've watched like Easter egg and breakdown videos. So I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only reason why I know that. Um, but uh, you know, we see her exploring this temple, and right away. She was doing those puzzles, and I don't know whether you agree or not, but that was, like, something straight out of, like, Jedi Fallen Order. Like, just her, like, solving those puzzles and everything. Like, that just gave me, like, classic, like, Jedi Fallen Order vibes. Like, just discovering these puzzles, figuring out how it works and everything, and opening it up. And, uh, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, You know, I thought it was a nice little kind of, like, introduction. Um, I felt like these first two episodes were very heavily influenced by uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So, I mean, it was nice to see some of, like, you know... The stuff from the game like kind of like brought into uh ahsoka and then um you know after obviously she's done exploring and she uncovers the sphere you know uh, or you know the map uh you know she, we see that she's been um what's her one looking for she's been intercepted by i don't know if they're hv or hk assassin droids um, i think it's hk yeah so she's been like intercepted by like a group of like hk assassin droids and, uh, you know, we think that she's going to have this, like, epic, like, 1v5, like, battle. <laughs> and then she ends up just jumping right back down the hole and just kind of, like, cutting, like, circles between them and dropping them down. But you know what?
0: I mean, that was kind of cool. Ahsoka. clever. Like, I so feel it, like...
1: It's, it's, a very, it's a very Ahsoka thing to do. You know yeah. I mean? it's I mean, I think it would have been, like, a badass scene if she took them all on at once. But it was a very, like, Ahsoka thing to do,
0: you know? Yeah, she's playing it, like... I, you know, I, I've been seeing a lot of things where, like, I guess people were annoyed in the way that maybe Ahsoka was acting or, like, you know, they're saying, oh, she's, you know, just a mature Ahsoka that always crosses her arms. It's like, no. Like, I honestly feel like her sort of style right now is, like, obviously she is, like, you know, more calm. Like, you know, she, she definitely is calm. She's not sporadic. But also she has that, I, I don't know what the word is I want to use, but, like. In certain scenes where she, like, th- there are certain scenes where she'll, like, crack a side smile or she'll do something that Anakin did, especially with, um, I believe it, it was in the second episode where the Inquisitor yeah. basically takes back the lightsaber and she just does that, you know, to the side. It's yeah. You know, just cool, yeah. calm, collected. And I like that version of Ahsoka. You know, I like, she don't need I mean, to be sporadic. She don't need to be crazy. I mean, we are probably going to see more quote-unquote, 1v5s or badass fights, but something like that in the split moment, she's like, yeah, let me jump down, cut a bunch of holes, because it's the easiest way for me to go about this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I will kind of disagree with you a little bit. Um, I, I've i had my doubts Um, about, you know, Rosario Dawson, like how she's been, like, portraying a sofa so far. I mean, I know, like, it's still... It's a little early in the, in the series, but, I mean, we'll get it more into, like, you know, why I feel that way, like, as we progress through the episodes because it's not really going to make much sense if I just say it now. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, uh, obviously, we see, you know, the HK droids, like, you know, setting themselves to self-destruct. And, obviously, you know, we see Ahsoka running back to her, I don't think, T-6 Jedi shuttle or, if, like, just a... First of all, when the droids like, have,
0: like, nukes in their freaking stomachs? Like, I, I didn't think those bombs were going to blow up, like damn near half the planet <laughs> yeah
1: well i mean it's kind of like a callback to like the mandalorian where like you know ig11 just like basically like kamikaze themselves like towards the end But it wasn't know?
0: like that deadly like this freaking blew up like <laughs> well, some people believe. That some
1: people some people believe that the planet was made of this like flammable material like that like black powder right. was kind of like flammable which is like that would make probably, more like, sense yeah, which is why like it exploded as much as it did because okay, <laughs> I mean they just had thermal detonators and then there was not enough power to like. That's level what the I'm saying. I was like, the well, is she running so unless far, there was like, like, unless there was like either some like nice sister traps in there or like just like like said so, like the 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 powder was like you know flammable or something like there was no way for that planet to like just go up in flames. Um, yeah. But regardless, we see her get you know uh, reunited with Hu Yang um, on the Jedi shuttle, and for those of you oh, that yeah. do not know. Uh, Hu Hu Yang, he's awesome. He's actually voiced by like a famous uh, actor that played somebody uh, in Doctor Who. He played like one of the doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like first name, like David, like David something. Um, So if you know, you know, Doctor Who, then, you know, you know who's voicing him. Uh, But obviously, Hu Yang was a uh, droid from the Clone Wars. Um, He basically his sole purpose was to kind of help train and uh, guide Padawans into building their first lightsabers. So he's been around for centuries, like, he, I mean, he's been around for like a millennia, he's probably like one of the oldest droids that we've seen, um, you know, not only in live action, but probably just all of Star Wars, to be honest, because um, he's probably been around since like the old Republic, you know, High Republic, and obviously that has been hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, so it was nice to see him in like a live action role, I did not think they were going to bring him back for the show at all. Um, I don't and think he was a character that sense. people were asking for, but you know what, I mean, he's been very good these last three episodes, I love his personality. Um, and, uh, just the fact that he's just so honest and he's so brutally honest is like one of the funniest things about his character, especially honestly, when he's talking to Sabine and he's just like, yeah, he's like, you probably be like the worst candidate for the Jedi, like ever. <laughs> just like, no, I honestly, no sugarcoating it whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I, I love his dynamic. I, I honestly like his di- dynamic with Ahsoka. Like, I just feel like in terms of like, what, you know, however the show goes about their comedy or something. I feel like with the way like Ahsoka is set up and him, I feel like it, it definitely plays like really well.
1: Like it's kind of like um like traditional versus progressive ideas. Like you know we have yeah. Yang represent like the traditional Jedi protocol and just knowledge and everything that you know we've known about the Jedi Order, and then we have Ahsoka being like, um yeah, well actually the Jedi don't exist anymore, and uh, so all this stuff is irrelevant, and we should be doing it like this. So it's like you see them butting heads with stuff like that. Like I mean. Yeah throughout these, like, you know, last three episodes, we're always like, oh, well, it's standard Jedi protocol to do this and this. And then she's like, well, screw your Jedi protocol. Like, next time, like, you know, don't wait so long to come get me before before I die, you know? Yeah. Um, but it is nice to see their interaction with each other, and um, I think they got the casting down perfectly. And, uh, you know, he's been great. I mean, I, I love him so far. Um, so, you know, to uh, kind of further on, you know, so, I mean, we've obviously talked about a few characters now, and then now we kind of... um you know get into the other characters i mean so let's let's kind of go you know character by character because you know obviously we're not going to break down the, the whole episode in its bits and pieces um so the next one we see uh in live action is Hera. um so we see her played uh by actually Uwe mcgregor's wife in real life uh i don't know the actress's name off the top of my head um but we do see obi-wan kenobi's wife
0: uh, <laughs> maybe her
1: <laughs> live action appearance his whole family has been a Star Wars at this point yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and, I mean, first off, I mean, I think the actress, I think she's phenomenal. I mean, Hera is probably one of my favorite characters of this show so far. She definitely
0: have um, been doing great as Hera. I definitely, like,
1: I, I see a lot of similarities
0: between her and, you know, her cartoon counterpart, I would say.
1: I've also seen a lot of people simping over her, which is completely understandable. <laughs> I, I <laughs> I'm understand. sorry, but like, I, I'm sorry, but every now and then you're just like, God damn!
0: <laughs> yeah, I I was watching the episode and I was like, oh, I wonder when the part's gonna oh, it's, you know. <laughs> no wonder why canon folded. unfolded. <laughs> um. Somebody, but yeah, well, about those,
1: honestly, those, those bright yellow pants,
0: man, just something about you know those. <laughs> her look, I mean, I like her look again. I think you know this show has done pretty well in terms of like you know whatever it they definitely paid like a lot of
1: especially like my like my manager pointed out you like especially like on her headpiece. Like just the pattern that she had on her headpiece yeah. was like exactly like hers in Rebels. So even that small little detail, like, it's like, it might not mean a lot, but, like, to those, like, like real hardcore Star Wars fans like ourselves, it's like, yes. It's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like a thank you to the fans, you know, because there wouldn't be people to point that out. So it's like, oh, thank you. It's like, you know, they – even though it's, like, something small like that, it's like they, they got it just right, you know?
0: I also like how um, – I mean, we, you know, we see a little bit more – because in the first two episodes, we see Hara but we don't really see a lot of her in person. We see, you know, more holograms and, you know, kind of cuts here and there. But in the third episode, we kind of get to see her tag along with um, Ahsoka and, uh, you know, interact a little bit more in that aspect. And then that's, you know, when we actually see Chopper. Um, yeah. you know, we won't get into Chopper yet. But um, I just like how... I mean, know, she's definitely s-
1: stepping back into that, like, traditional mom role well, that she had in yeah, the with like, Rebels. Even
0: when she's at that base um you know like some of the things it's like oh you know the guy's like it's classified she's like well i'm a general so make it unclassified you know it's like s- stuff like that it's yeah like, and, then I, like, and then like and then, you know, and
1: then he's like he, he's like yeah i don't think you have like clearance for that or i don't think and she's like you want to bet <laughs> <So> <laughs> you it's
0: know, like you
1: know just like little little snippets like that it's like yep that that's the hero we know and love
0: <laughs> yeah like i feel like she can be like snippy but like you know then at times like you know um when she's in that meeting with the senators and uh, mom, yeah Yeah. um and you know she just because that guy's like oh you just want to go see ezra and she's like have you ever been in the war <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you, you know
1: actually, uh, but fun fact, you see... apparently apparently that that senator is actually somebody's father uh from star wars resistance like that that other cartoon show that they oh, made really? the sequels apparently it's like the main character's father Oh well, he seems like a crappy oh, father. Just, <laughs> yeah, just just a little bit of a snippet there, like <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool.
0: Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I
1: think I think so far Hera is definitely like one of the characters that they've gone down like to a T. Um, I mean, she's great. I mean, she's playing that classic supportive mom role. I mean, she's she's parenting Ahsoka. She's parenting Sabine. I mean, she's and you know again all of her snippy little lines and everything have been great. You know, especially that scene with her and Chopper that we'll get into later. I mean, that was absolutely <laughs> gold. <laughs> um so yeah i mean so she's she's doing uh really well so i i'm excited to see where her character's gonna go i don't think she's gonna have too much of an impact on the show but you yeah. know um uh, i think she'll she'll come back when she needs to you know what i mean um so i i think she's doing a great job so far um and then uh you know obviously the the next person we see uh you know from the ghost crew is a uh, good old sabine wren um so i mean just kind of classic sabine fashion i mean it opens up like back on the hall Mm -hmm. we see they're having like some sort of commemorative like ceremony and uh you know she's not even there for her own introduction and she's like running away um on a speeder bike which is also like a pretty badass scene um it was was was
0: honestly a great introduction for the character yeah
1: i mean i think that's like basically just like the perfect way just to introduce this character Mm -hmm. um and uh, you know that whole that whole sequence was great, especially when like you know like the one like New Republic uh, pilot lands, <laughs> and then she's like, um, she's not stopping, is she? Uh, is yeah, she I like, like she? how she
0: was <laughs> so confident, and she's like just sitting there. And then you know eventually gets closer. She starts to like stand up, and she's like, she's not stopping. She's like, how is she not stopping? And the other guy like eventually halfway through, he's just like, I'm gonna just follow. And if she gets through, then I'm going back. I tried, like you know, I did my job and I tried. But I didn't know just quickly. I didn't know if you were going to touch upon it. But did you notice um, the two other characters from Rebels in that
1: ceremony? Yeah. Well, we had uh, Governor Azadi, um, you know, which we're introduced to in Rebels. Um, obviously, funny enough, uh, you actually first hear about him in the Thrawn novels um, that I've read. Um, he was the acting governor of Lothal before Governor mm-hmm. Price uh, took over, and then obviously we see him again in Star Wars Rebels where he's been in hiding. Uh, and then it seems like after the events of Rebels, he does become the governor of Lothal once again. Um, and then apparently uh, the, the young man that he had like comes, or, or the senator, uh, I should say, yeah. yeah, the one that came up to kind of like you know buy some time for Sabine, uh, he was actually also in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the episode with Ezra and uh, you know the other character when like you know they were infiltrating like the um, like Empire like training academy basically mean um, he was part of that academy. I think he was the one that, like, stayed in a little bit longer, I think. I think he was, like, trying to find his sister or – yeah. Oh, um, no,
0: that so- was that was the other kid. But this was still one of those kids that, like, you know, kind of stayed in and I guess maybe moved his way up and then went somewhere else. But I thought that was a pretty cool Easter egg because that yeah. one would have been harder to notice uh, than the governor. But did you know the governor also is played by Mr. Krabs himself?
1: Hey, really? That's awesome. Yes. yeah. <laughs> like, that's, I didn't
0: you know, know that. that. Um, and I thought he, I thought he did a great job. Um, you also know, the man. mural,
1: like the mural is like mural is great, much, like just shot for shot, like straight out of like Rebels. I
0: mean, it was, and it was perfect. even the even the tower on Lothal, you know, like Ezra's tower, but I guess now, now Sabine's. You know, the Lothcat. cat, like I even the the strip where Sabine was on the um. It's like everything midway? like was like shot for shot. Wait, I mean, it was perfect. literally. Yeah. So I got to say that they've been doing a fantastic job in terms of, like, nailing things down from, like, what we've seen before with these characters.
1: So, I mean, obviously we're seeing Sabine as having kind of a hard time. Um, you know, from what we've understood, me and my manager broke it down, oh, God, like, the other day. I think we came to the conclusion that it's been about seven or eight years um, since the events of, like, Return of the Jedi. Um, so it's been about, let's say, about seven years. Um, so some members of the Ghost crew haven't seen each other in years right? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we see Sabine is having a hard time, you know, she's grown out of her hair. Um, you, you can tell that she's easily missing Ezra, you know, she plays a hollow recording that he left for her before the end of Rebels. Um, so we see that she's kind of in her feels, right? Um, you know, we see that she still has her lightsaber, um, you know, she still has, you know, her Mandalorian armor, but she's like, obviously just almost like she's kind of like giving up, you know? Yeah. Um, the actress that plays her, uh, she's great. Um, I think she looks great with long hair or with short hair. Um, also another person that I'm, like, you know, heavily simping over right now, uh, just because they got, like, the casting down perfect with these, like, female, like, characters. Yeah, and just, she's like, doing
0: a really good job.
1: Yeah, even, like, the personality and just, like, you know, the way she is, like, it's just perfect representation of Sabine. Um, and, uh, yeah, we see as she's kind of having some sort of, like, internal conflict, you know, like, you know, she feels like she might have let down Ezra, or maybe she's not doing what she was supposed to, and, um, you know, we'll get into it in a little bit, you know, uh. Um, You know, what's going on, but uh, I think the next biggest development outside of that is uh, when we see Ahsoka and Hera obviously meet up, uh, you know, aboard the uh, Mon Calimari ship, you know, at the New Republic fleet. And, uh, you know, we see them go over the star map that uh, Ahsoka found on uh, Arcana. And, uh, you know, this is where we first, this is actually the first time that we hear uh, Ezra's name mentioned in the show. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we see the recording, but this is the first time that we see his name mentioned. And what I actually really like about this scene is you can see in Hera's face that, like, once she hears, like, Thrawn's name and then she connects it to Ezra, she's like, is there, like, any possibility that, like, he, like, you you can see that she still has that, like, mom, where she's like, is he still alive? Mm
0: -hmm. You know, like,
1: is a member of my family still alive? I mean, obviously the ghost crew was all just one big family. So, you know, we see that sliver of hope. You know, and then again, we, we, you know, this is one of the first problems you, you kind of see with the Ahsoka's character, or at least in my interpretation. And we see that she kind of has like a very blank, kind of like emotionless uh, personality, at least to me in these first two episodes. You know, I mean, just kind of, you know, I mean, I don't care about the whole like arms crossed. I mean, she's been doing that since the Clone Wars, you know, so I mean, that's not something new to her character. But we just see her like very kind of like robot-like, you know, really no personality, you know, just kind of. I mean, when that whole scene is mentioned, you know, there's no change in emotion in her face or, you know, voice or anything. Just kind of clear-cut to the point, like, you know, almost like she didn't care. I mean, she probably did care, but just it seemed like in that moment that the only one that really cared about Ezra was Hera. Um, you know, so that was one of the, I mean, you know, we'll get further into it, but one of the problems that I have with this show so far is that I feel like Ahsoka is not being very Ahsoka. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean that she has to be, like, very bubbly and everything from the Clone Wars, cause a lot of people are just like, oh, well, you guys just want her from uh, the Clone Wars. And it's like, no, it's like in The Mandalorian uh, season two, you see Ahsoka make her live action appearance there. And we see from there to her own show, there's like a total shift in her personality. You know, and like, I mean, I just, I don't know what the sudden shift is for. When we see her open up a little bit in the third episode, you know, not too much, but we see her open up a little bit. Um, but, you know, just... Kind of looking at her character from the Clone Wars and Rebels and the Mandalorian, she just seems to kind of have this like colder, you know, more stoic personality to her. And, you know, I just I don't know how I feel about it. You know, I understand like obviously she's much older, you know, she's matured, but there was always this like kind of like fun, you know, ugly, you know, kind of like sarcastic personality to her that she learned from Anakin, of course. You know I mean? So it's just I don't know. It's it's one of the things that I kind of have a problem with, but I know you know some people disagree, some people agree. Um I but, just
0: you know. So, yeah, well, no, you just, uh, <laughs> um, I really don't. I I really don't see like in terms of when we even when we tell saw in the Mandalorian. You're gonna,
1: you're gonna tell me that from from her episode in the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. And then looking at look and then looking at her now, like she doesn't have a dis- different personality. First of all, her she was in
0: one or two, maybe two ish episodes in the Mandalorian if,
1: if, if the events in that episode like basically what I'm saying is that in the in the events of the Mandalorian episode if they're if they pretty much just happened right like, how do so, you
0: know they just happened
1: if we're looking at this timeline wise if this right, is
0: eight years later it definitely did not if just no,
1: happen. if we're looking timeline wise right we see that the events of the Mandalorian and Ahsoka are happening at the same time so we know that the Mandalorian takes place about seven years after Return of the Jedi so we we know that it's taking place in the same time chronologically. Now, if the Mandalorian episode of Ahsoka, you know, shows her like infiltrating the compound and capturing Morgan Elsbeth and everything. If that episode is directly tied to the Ahsoka show, and let's say like, you know, maybe a few weeks have passed, you know, since she's turned her over to the New Republic and everything. The Ahsoka that we see in the Mandalorian is fairly recent to the one that we see in Ahsoka. So it's not like that episode happened and then, like, seven years passed and then this is her now. Like, timeline-wise, it's probably only been, like, a few weeks or maybe, like, a month or two.
0: Okay, so if, if we're comparing episodes, you take her story from the Mandalorian and you take her story here. Different stories. Her and the Mandalorian, she's focusing on trying to teach the Mandalorian about Rogu and, you know, how to kind of go about that. So her way of teaching is going to be very different from what we see her way of teaching with Sabine. And even in Rebels.
1: Yeah, but she never she, she didn't she didn't want to train Grogu because I know, was, but I'm saying yeah.
0: if you want to talk about what her personality was, your personality is going to be different if you're teaching somebody how to train a youngling compared to yourself teaching a so-called Padawan. And if immediately after that Clone Wars, you know, like right after she leaves the Jedi Order, there's that automatic shift in, you know, Ahsoka. And yes, she has her snarkiness in the Clone Wars and she has it in Rebels, but she really doesn't have it a lot in Rebels. It's, I I really think if fans go back and rewatch Rebels, she's really not crazy snarky. She has her moments, just like she's had her moments in this. Ahsoka has pretty much been the same from Rebels to now. And, I don't really see any problem with her character. i don't I don't see her as emotionless. I see her as a character that has gone through so much shit and has obviously lost um unimaginable stuff, just like the other characters. Like when you talk about her having no emotion with Ezra, it's like that's how when she saw Anakin again, was she oh, Anakin, like no, she was uh, she was emotionless. You know that that's how her character, has progressed from after leaving the Jedi Order. So it's like, I really see no problem with her character. And I think Rosario Dawson has been good. And there's been those moments between her and Sabine during the uh, last episode on her shuttle where she was kind of loosening up a little bit, like, you know, because she didn't want to have, it was her way, but then, you know, finally she let Sabine try to take it her way. And then you saw a dynamic there, even in training. I like that, that little training montage because even though she was serious about it, and maybe not playing around. I still got good vibes from her, excuse me, in the sense of you know what she did, like you know still being a serious teacher, but also you know trying to add something else to it. And even again, her like I said, her little dynamic dynamics with He uh, Wang, um, I think have you know been a little bit more of the comedic side for this. So I, I really don't see a problem with her character, and I really don't see much of a change. Um, I, you know, I, I I, don't agree with that. I don't know if anybody out there really does. You know, I know people are upset because maybe she has no emotion. But um, I see emotion in her. And um, again, go back if you really want to watch Clone Wars, Rebels, whatever it is. Um, Immediately after she leaves the Jedi Order, her total demeanor changes. And we still saw it in Mandalorian. You know, maybe she smiled more in Mandalorian, but she was also with a baby. um, And somebody like her. And I think kind of her also teaching. I don't know what happened between her and Sabine, but I would see something happen that we don't know that she is, you know, a little upset about as well. Um, so, you know, give give it a couple more episodes to, you know, really find out more and see more of that come out. But I don't see her as cold or anything like that. I just see her as, you well, know, I mean, again, she's also the biggest,
1: the biggest thing is, like, I, I think Rosario Dawson, like, she looks the part. Like, she, she is, like, a perfect example of, like, an older, more mature sokotano Like, I, I will give her that. And you know, yes, I know people's expressions can change. You know, I'm not saying that she has to smile more or she needs to laugh more, but I'm just, you know, looking at looking at her personality you know, from her first year in the Clone Wars, you know, up to when we last saw her in the Mandalorian. You know, we of course saw some shifts, you know, as you know she got older. I mean, just like everybody else, you know, when you get older, obviously your personality changes. You know, but there was always that, so there was always that thing, or like just that that sense about her, or like even though she got older she matured she'd been through stuff you were like oh that's ahsoka or like yep you know like that's she's the ahsoka been doing the
0: same thing in I, this been several i just, I, just I, don't I, I don't know what you guys aren't seeing i just, I, just, don't don't
1: see. I, just I, I don't agree i just you know and, and again i think she looks the part i think she looks great i just don't agree like i just i i think the reason for for this and i think the reason why some people feel so strongly about this is the kind of couple about what you just said um, and, you know, so obviously after when Hera and, and Ahsoka talk, obviously Ahsoka travels back to Lothal to to meet up with Sabine. And for some reason, they thought it would be a great idea to throw in this storyline um, about Ahsoka training Sabine. Uh, so we assume that this, place, this, this takes place right after Return of the Jedi. Like I said, it's been about seven years since, you know, the uh, Return of the Jedi from the events that are taking place. So we find out in the show that uh, Ahsoka and Sabine were, you know, somehow after the events of Rebels, they got together and they were training with each other for like three, four years. And then things didn't work out. They went their separate ways. And then it's been a couple of years since they've seen each other. So I think that was, as much as I love Dave Filoni, I think that was a huge mistake um, to have such a a long standing story like this, like just. I just don't like the way how they kind of springed like oh yeah so apparently there's been this whole story going on for about 3 4 years where Soker decided to train Sabine in the Jedi way and uh, it just didn't work out and then you know now they kind of have like a sour relationship cuz of it. It's like there's not a en- there's not enough there to kind of just get the viewers to be like oh okay so that that's what they've been doing or that's why they don't talk anymore.
0: You know like so I, I just
1: should... I I feel like there's two things
0: you can say in terms of why they did that. One you You have you have that little at the end of Rebels, you kind of have that little monologue of, you know, what they're saying they did, you know, after everything ended. So it's like they kind of left it on an open end note of what could have happened. My second thing is maybe that is Ahsoka and Sabine's way of trying to keep Ezra alive. You know, maybe somehow. Sabine wanted a, to be trained. I think trained. it's a good
1: mentality, but I think it's a little bit. But of I'm stress. saying
0: maybe that's what it is. I don't think they were throwing in there for no reason. I could, I could argue the, that. I could argue that
1: if she wanted to keep, I, I could argue that if she wanted to keep Ezra's, you know, spirit and vision alive, she could have just practiced what Ezra and Canaan taught her by herself. You know, I mean, we see in Rebels that Ezra teaches her the forms. You know, she spars with Ezra. She spars with Kanan she could have she trained by herself warrior,
0: so like she was just and learning also, more of the jedi see techniques that if she wanted to learn the force to connect with ezra i don't know that's what i'm we assuming see that that's,
1: we see that sabine and Ahsoka are, are in the rebel show together however they don't really have much of a relationship so the fact that they would just randomly get together and be like oh yeah i'm going to train you now because ezra's gone and kanan's gone you know yeah, i don't know I, I i don't know what the point of that was i i think it was kind of Kind of cheap. Um, I, I don't really know what they were trying to achieve by making this whole master apprentice type relationship with Ahsoka and Sin Bean. I, I didn't really understand it. Um, I think it's too deep of a, not that it's like a super deep story, but there's just too much information there to spring it on you in the first episode. Again, I mean, if they were training together for like three, four years, there's obviously a lot of history. Like, how did they get together? Why did they decide to start training together? How did her training go? Why did they stop training with each other? You know, what happened? Like, I mean, there's just so many. And again, this show is only eight episodes. We're about to be four episodes in and we don't really know anything about that prior training. So it's like you're kind of running out of time here to kind of fill in those holes with this story. You know, so I mean, I I mean, again, me personally, I I would have been fine if maybe they just played some sort of story where it's just like Sabine was, you know, training herself. You know, she, you know, watched the Hollow recording. She remembered what Ezra taught her. She would practice it, like, in the tower or, like, on the phone. She would do her own type of training, you know, or something like that, you know, or, you know, I don't know. But I just feel like they didn't do enough explanation to kind of bring these two characters together. Like, it almost seems like a cheap way of bringing these characters back together. You know I mean? I know Ahsoka's going to go to Sabine because she's, like, good with maps and good with details and art. That was why she was bringing her the map. I feel like they didn't need that whole story. You know, with the whole Master and Apprentice thing. You know, I mean, I feel like the episode would have been... Honestly, I probably would have gave the episode, like, a 9 out of 10 if they didn't have this whole story with, you know, Sabine and Ahsoka, you know, being Master and Apprentice type thing. But, uh, I mean, obviously you feel a different way about it. I feel like you, you feel like it's not a big deal or it's, you know, maybe more positive. But, I don't know, I just wasn't getting that vibe from, uh, you know, from the episode.
0: Well, what I'm assuming, again, like, if it was... If it, I would be better if it wasn't there. You know, again, I, I, I like Sabine's character the way her character is. She's a warrior. She's badass enough. I mean, if you really want to give her a lightsaber and teach her how to use it, like she was in Rebels, cool. Um, I'm assuming how it was brought up, but it, it, again, what I said, I, I feel like Sabine was so, she really wanted to, you know, get Ezra back. You know, she wanted to get that piece, and uh, maybe. She thought, yeah, I'm going to go to Ahsoka and I'm going to have her teach me in the Jedi Arts. It's, of course, is not the best way to go about it, but I feel like that would really be the only kind of logical answer to why it would have happened. And most likely they won't go fully into detail in the, in the rest of the season. I guarantee this is something left for another season. If they do another season of Ahsoka, I don't know. Again, it hasn't played out all yet. Um, so that, it, it is a little annoying. Uh, because, you know, it seemed like she did decent with a lightsaber. And, um, again, you do bring another side of, you know, a master and apprentice. And, you know, kind of like you said earlier, that being this show's answer to the other master and apprentice we saw. Um, but I have a feeling you know hopefully in the way things are going even though they continue to keep on training um Sabine hopefully kind of doesn't give up but she learns and then she kind of becomes content in the way of like yeah this is like I'm going to stick to who I am and what I know and that's how I'm going to get my family back you know like that's how I hope it ends um do I think they would really pull some disney sequel thing i I really don't think they're stupid enough to, um, but you never know. With well, I mean, you know we'll
1: we'll be talking about that a little bit later because obviously I, I think the third episode basically just confirmed like what they're doing with Sabine's character, like how they're going to move her character going forward. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see how we feel about that when we get to that episode. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I would love to know what you guys think, obviously in the comments, you know, how do you feel about this whole Ahsoka Sabine past, you know relationship like you know do you think it was a good move for the show do you think it was you know kind of cheap like you know just let us know you know always uh, always looking for some interaction um <sighs> obviously we see ahsoka and sabine get together um you know we see that there is there's already some friction there uh, so obviously they're not on the best of terms um you know we see sabine eventually run off the shuttle uh with the map uh, and then she brings it back to the uh you know the tower to like analyze it uh you know at first she has some trouble and eventually we see that she like figures out how to kind of access the map, which I also thought was kind of cool. Cause the way they kind of shot it where they just showed her hands and the sphere kind of reminded me of also something out of like Jedi Fallen Order, you know, when you're like customizing your lightsaber and you're kind of like brought into like one shot and then you're just seeing like everything kind of from like their point of view. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I like that.
1: Um, so that was really well done. We see her figure it out. Uh, and we see that it shows our, you know, the current Star Wars galaxy, and then it actually shows a line being shown to another galaxy. Um, so this is kind of going along the whole theory where, you know, people believe that, you know, Grand Admiral Theron and Ezra were sent by the Purgles to a whole other galaxy. Um, and this star map kind of confirms that, or we see that this map leads to another galaxy. We don't know that it's directly connected to them yet, but we see that it, it goes to another galaxy. Um, However, you know, she is unfortunately intercepted by HK uh, Assassin droids. Uh, a little fight breaks out and one of the droids actually takes the map, uh, destroys, you know, basically all of her equipment, and then runs out and gives it to Balin's apprentice. And this is where we have, like, you know, the first lightsaber battle or, you know, first traditional lightsaber battle of the show, where we see Sabine don Ezra's lightsaber, and then we see uh, her face off against Balin's apprentice. Uh, you know. Very short, very sweet. Um, I know a lot of people have been memeing and a lot of people have not been exactly thrilled. Um, you know, there's been a lot of memes going around where it just Disney refuses to kill people with lightsabers now. Um, because we see, you know, throughout the battle, you know, we see that, you know, she remembered some of her training, you know, from Ezra, like, you know, the pose that she starts in, you know, with the lightsaber, you know, in front of her is what Ezra taught her, you know, straight from Rebels. Uh, so we see that she holds her own. you know. However, we can see that she's, you know, extremely unbalanced and, you know, kind of like rusty. And, you know, her, the apprentice is almost like kind of like toying with her, you know, to some okay. degree. Um, and then we see her get parried. And then just like in Qui-Gon Jinn action, she gets stabbed right in the gut. Um, and I also kind of thought that scene was hilarious because if you watch it, she stands like this for a solid couple of seconds. She doesn't even try to, like, bring the lightsaber back down and, like, deflect. Like, she's up in the air like this, like, a couple seconds, like, basically just leaving herself wide open, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, And then we see Sabine get stabbed in the abdomen, uh, and then that's kind of how the fight ends, because eventually Ahsoka comes to kind of, like, you know, save the day. Um, The apprentice makes off with the map, and then basically Sabine passes out, and that's kind of how the first episode ends. Um, So, I mean, obviously we gave her our scores in the beginning. Um, Like I said, I thought it was a great start. Uh, You know, I didn't think it was the best. But I think an eight out of ten is a very fair score to give the first episode. Um, you know, it was great, you know, seeing the introduction of Ahsoka again and the ghost crew, especially you know, some of these newer characters. Uh, but the reason why I give it an eight out of ten is just because I give a point off for these uh, Ahsoka and Sabine story. Uh, you know, for me, I'm just not sold on it. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. Uh if there was more context, then I would be a little bit more open to it. Um, and then the second reason. I kind of give like a half a point uh each for one, you know, Sabine being able to survive uh that lightsaber wounds. Um well, spoiler to the second episode, obviously. Um and then obviously just you know how I feel about Ahsoka's character right now. Um, you know, so those are really the only negative things I have about it. Uh, however, you know, obviously listed off a bunch of great things. Um a lot of these characters are great, their live action roles are great. These new characters, you know, Bayland and his apprentice. I'm not really too crazy about Morgan, I can care less about her. Um, but Balin, his apprentice are really cool. Um, I enjoy them. Obviously, you know, Hera, uh, you know, Chopper, Sabine, I mean, I think they're all great. Um, you know, seeing the live action hologram of Ezra was great. Um, so overall it was just a very enjoyable episode and I think it was a good start.
0: Yeah, and um, again, like I can see your points on Ahsoka. Um, but I feel if you go back and look a little more. I think your opinion might change a little bit, a little bit but I'm not going to force any opinion change on you or anything. i say give it another two episodes, and then I think we'll see enough to kind of decipher, hey, how is this version of Ahsoka? Because I think regardless of and like, I would, I
1: would be totally fine with that. But my argument is that this series is only eight episodes. You know, why should it's I give it until episode five to be like, oh, okay, I'm okay with Ahsoka's character? Like, I shouldn't be doubting the character that the show is named after like half the show.
0: You know what I mean? I think it's hard because again, if you if if their plan is only one season of this, how and your episodes, even if they're an hour, an hour goes by fast when I was, you know, watching the episodes and there's only really so much you can put in there without it being like I feel like they I, I I'm assuming Dave Filoni thinks of these things and he wants to think about balance because like you could take like an uh, like a show like Kenobi you know and it's like we know who Obi Wan Kenobi is this is just you know a, another story of him so it's like we don't have to we don't have to introduce you know really who he is or we don't have to go into this side we know what his backstory is we know this we know that what Ahsoka. It's kind of hard because again, you're introducing new characters. You're focusing on a bigger threat in Thrawn, You're introduce you're you know you're bringing this rebels universe into live action, and again, you're you're having Rosario Dawson playing a character that has become so wildly popular, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a change. Again, I agree. I, I like I love her look. I think she definitely looks the part. I think she has, you know, done great in terms of fighting sequences and stuff. And again, I think I like, not like, I'm not annoyed with your opinion, but I think I just like her character a little more um, than you right now, just because I, like, when I look at things, I look a little smaller. Um, But unfortunately, I feel like in the way that this show is going and how many episodes they are, I think it will take, you know, more than half the show to really flush out, you know, some characters possibly, you know, like, and, and that's kind of the downside of it. Like, I, I, I wish Disney Plus would give us 12 episodes or something, you know, so yeah. at least it doesn't I mean, feel, again, I, you know, I trust I you don't have to sit and wonder.
1: Yeah. I mean, I trust Dave Filoni. Um, if he thinks that he can get the story across that he wants to get across in eight episodes, because obviously we know that all these shows are leading to a Mandoverse type movie that he's directing. So mm-hmm. if If this is the path that he needs to take and he has to give us just eight episodes of story to lead into that movie, then I'm fine with that. But however, of course, no show is going to be perfect, so there are going to be things to nitpick about the show. Um, And like I said, I mean, I just don't think that we should have to sit around and wait like half the the season to be like, oh, okay, so this is why her character is like this. Or, you know, okay, maybe I like her character now. Like, again, I still love her character. I will love Ahsoka until the day I die. However... How I'm seeing her represented right now in live action, it it's kind of giving me like second thoughts about Rosario Dawson. And like I said, you know, unless things change in the next couple of episodes, you know, I might have a you know maybe a different opinion about how she portrayed Ahsoka. You know, but obviously that's we gotta wait and find out. Um, Yeah, it's hard. And again,
0: the Sabine and the Sabine and uh, Ahsoka thing is, you you know, it's it's something that I don't think anybody was possibly you know really wanting to see and it, it it's hard because again like even with the way Rebels left off yes you can leave it for open end questions um, of what happened but when you know if you watched Rebels I don't think people would think that's something that Sabine would want to do again I, the only thing I'm really going off of is her this some drastic way of trying to get you know to get get their family back together in terms of getting Ezra back. Other than that, I really don't see why she would want to entertain that. And I really don't believe and I, I hope not, because again, that's not Ahsoka's character if it is, but I really hope that it was Sabine going to Ahsoka and not
1: Ahsoka going to Sabine. I, I really highly like doubt that. Said, like, I mean I agree but, with you. I mean I, I think the only plausible scenario you could choose obviously Ezra gave her the lightsaber. He entrusted it to her. Right, so it would make sense if she would want to learn or keep learning how to use it. So, I mean, I think that's the only story that makes sense, is that you know Sabine wanted to learn how to use Ezra's lightsaber properly. She wanted to continue her training in this type of weapon, and she approached Ahsoka and asked if Ahsoka would train her. That's the only way that I could see this storyline making sense. But then My argument is, if it was that simple just to say, why didn't they just say it? You know, I mean, they could have easily had that conversation when they were sitting down in the shuttle when they met for the first time. You know, so, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's 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 hard to say again. Like, I guess, I don't know. Like, you know, uh, Ahsoka really is a cool character, and I'm glad that they gave her a live-action show. Uh, but it's, you know, it's kind of hard to say how certain ends of the show are going to, you know, play out right now. You know, so obviously hoping for the best. Um, and, you know, I trust in Dave Filoni, so I hope, you know, if we, I hope our trust is right and yeah. it, uh, it definitely will,
1: you know, work out. Um, yeah, all right. Well, that was the, uh, first episode. Um, so this is definitely gonna be a little bit of a longer episode. Um, you know, we're not going to sit here for like four hours, but, you know, we will spend some time, you know, t- talking about the episode. Yeah. So just, uh, you know, be, be prepared. Um, you know, this might be a couple day, uh, video or whatever, just, you know. Uh, so, all right. So now we're on to, episode two. um, so episode two is called part two, uh, toil and trouble. And, uh, I think if I had to rate this episode, um, oof, this is hard. Um, I could say maybe 8.5, maybe nine. Uh, if I'm feeling generous, uh, I feel like I might want to stick with like 8.5. Uh, or nine, you know, out of 10 suns, Um I could swing either way. Um, this episode was obviously, I, I think this episode was good. Um, but uh, you know what? No, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Um, you know, I, I think there were still, you know, some problems with this episode, but overall I think it kept the ball rolling and it had good momentum to it. And um, I mean, obviously there were some great scenes in here that we'll talk about. Um, so I think it deserves that 9 out of 10 suns. Um, so I, I think I would feel comfortable giving it that.
0: It's funny cause I, I literally just watched these episodes today and I cannot recall what half of the episode two was.
1: Basically episode two focused on like Ahsoka and and Hera uh, going to Corellia to look at that um, facility. Okay, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I, okay, mm-hmm. I know that.
0: And obviously,
1: she looks to be recovering in the hospital. I feel
0: like I feel like I would give it a nine as well. I was I was thinking about in the eight range, but there's there's only a few things that I, I don't you know that maybe I'm not the biggest fan of in this episode. But again, I, I really like Ahsoka and um, Hera in this episode. I I, I feel like I, I feel like their dynamic plays along really well too. Um, And, again, there's a couple other things we'll get into as well in turns. But, yeah, I think I'll go along with you and uh, say a 9 out of 10 sons.
1: Um, So, yeah. So, basically, this episode opens up. uh, You know, we see uh, Sabine recovering on Lothal. Um, Surprise. uh, Lightsabers, you know, don't kill you anymore um, because she's perfectly fine. (laughs) Um, They basically just patched her up and she's recovering. So, again, I know a lot of people were upset about that because characters like um, – I'm forgetting her name from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on the Inquisitor. That oh, liked. yeah, yeah, Reva. But she, uh, Reva. Yeah, she got stabbed in the abdomen and she survived. Qui-Gon got stabbed and he died. Um, so and we're seeing some inconsistency here with Star Wars. Um, it's it, It's what's sad to say, but it's like you know they don't have a problem killing off you know their male characters, but you know they. <laughs> anybody that's female and got stabbed in the abdomen i'm just saying you know they're two for two they survived you know but one maybe, the ab- and,
0: maybe the abdomens are different who knows you know
1: i just i just think it's a bunch of baloney um so yeah uh but it opens up with her you know recovering obviously and uh you know she's talking to ahsoka and, and hu yang um you know eventually ahsoka steps out and then you know we'll, i mean first we'll, we'll talk about sabine hu yang um because they obviously really, uh, obviously have some good dialogue in this episode So basically, you know, Sabine is pretty much like fully recovered and she's speaking to Hu Yang because Hu Yang like picks up Ezra's lightsaber and basically says like, oh, I see you made modifications to your lightsaber. And then she says, no, it's Ezra's. And then he says, well, technically you made modifications to it. So you adapted it to your style of fighting. So it's your lightsaber. And in some way, I don't have a problem with that. I know like my manager was like, "Ah, it's always going to be Ezra's lightsaber. I agree to some extent, however, I don't mind him calling it her lightsaber if she's the one that's using it right now. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes with, like, The Force Awakens, right? When, you know, Ray was uh, or, you know, when Finn was given um, Anakin's old lightsaber. Oh, I'm sorry, not Anakin's. Yeah, Anakin's old lightsaber, technically. Um, you know, that Luke used in The New Hope. I mean, like, so see the cycle goes back further in the Star Wars timeline. You know, you could argue that oh, that wasn't Luke's lightsaber in a New Hope*. That was Anakin's lightsaber. He was just borrowing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then again in *The Force Awakens*, it's like oh oh that that's, that's not Rey's lightsaber or Finn's lightsaber. That's uh you know that's uh Anakin's lightsaber. They're just borrowing it again. again. You know, so with, um I don't have a problem with them calling it Sabine's lightsaber. I think if she made modifications for it specifically for her, to help her combative style. Yes, it's her lightsaber now. So, obviously, you know, Ezra modified it a certain way for his style. So, if she did the same, then technically it is hers. She could always give it back to him and then it could be Ezra's lightsaber again. But for now, I don't think it's a problem calling it Sabine's lightsaber. Um, you know, even though we all know it's Ezra's, you know, if, if that just makes sense, you know, because I know, so I know Star Wars fans were like, um, actually, it's not Sabine's lightsaber, it's Ezra's lightsaber. And I was like, get over yourself, like, all right, like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, I mean, Hu Yang is blatantly uh, honest, and he sees what he sees. So if he's looking down at this lightsaber and he sees, oh, modifications were were made to it, just like how millions of Padawans have done their lightsabers before, then he's seeing this as a new lightsaber. You know, so, I mean, you just gotta, you know, when you take that all into consideration, I mean, that's why it makes sense. Um, However, in Episode 2, they go in an interesting direction. I know before the show started everybody was very upset or everybody was kind of theorizing that is sabine going to be force sensitive is she going to learn to use the force because obviously we see her throw around the word master when she speaks to ahsoka obviously that's used in like you know obviously a master apprentice type relationship people were just being like oh my god is she going to be force sensitive blah 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 um and in this episode for instance it kind of put in enough words where you could be like oh okay she's not going to be force sensitive Obviously, Hu Yang is like, well, you don't have any Force sensitivity. You're probably one of the worst candidates I've seen for Jedi Padawan uh, over millennia, which was really harsh, but it was also funny <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Um, Sabine acknowledges that she doesn't have the same Force ability as like Ezra or Ahsoka. Oh, so we see them leaning towards that path. So at first, you're like, oh, phew, okay, like you know, she's not going to be Force-sensitive. She's just going to learn to use the lightsaber, and she's going to wield the lightsaber like that. Alright, whatever. Um, you know, and then we kind of see in the conversation come to a close like you know basically Hu yang is kind of like stop feeling sorry for yourself you know let the past you know be in the past you know focus on the present and do what you need to do you know to help ahsoka you know find greda Mothron and, and in turn ezra so you know obviously we kind of see her go back to the tower you know she the you know her really stunning mandalorian armor by the way i mean i think it looked great um i mean the paint job and everything and the helmet it was like absolute perfection um, so we see her take that armor back out, we see her put it on. Then we see the scene of her sitting over that bench with her helmet and the knife. Uh, exactly the same way that Kanan did it in Rebels, you know, when he sat before that that bench and he cut his own hair. Um, basically Sabine does the same thing and she cuts her hair back down nice and short. Um, and then you know, towards the end of the episode, we obviously see her reuniting with Ahsoka. But to join her on her quest, you know, to find Grand Admiral Theron and Ezra. Um, I mean, that's basically how Sabine's character develops across the uh, the episode. Um, you know, we, we see that little funny moment where she's trying to extract some information from the uh, the assassin droid, um, and she's kind of cutting it close here, you know, before it all explodes, you know, in their face. Um, and I love before she starts working on it, like Hera was like, "Oh yeah, I think you should totally do it," and Yang's like, "Yeah, but you're you're." you're in a hologram, so you're not here, <laughs> you know, so you don't care if she does it or not because you're not in the room. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's basically how her character wraps up for this episode. And, um, I mean, honestly, I enjoyed her character. I mean, I, I thought it was, you could argue that it was kind of, like, cliche, or you could probably call, like, you know, how she would get back into the fight, you know, I mean, I remember sitting down with my manager and talking to him and he was like, yeah well you know she's probably gonna have a soka come to her and ask for help and then she's gonna say no and then uh next thing you know she's gonna get attacked and then she's gonna be like oh well i guess i have to get back in the fight and it's kind of like that's kind of what happened but the way they played it out i mean it was it was perfect um i thought she looked great with the short hair i mean back in her old armor and everything i thought she looked great um i i think her character developed pretty well that episode
0: yeah, I mean, again, I really have no complaints um, with, you know, I, I really don't have many complaints at all so far. But especially in this episode, I, I really liked a lot of dy- dynamics in this episode, um, especially somebody. And I didn't think Wang would actually be this, like, interesting. You know, like, I, I enjoyed the episodes he was in in the Clone Wars. Uh, but for bringing him in Ahsoka, I you know kind of thought he was just going to be there, but I enjoyed him, you know, his brutal honesty um, that, you know, kind of goes along with that comedy aspect. And I like seeing more of Sabine's personality in this, as well as Hera. I got a lot of the Rebel dynamic, you know, which I, I think is one of the best things, obviously, uh, um, you know, that they're going to have going for them in this show, because I feel like that's something that made Rebel such a good show is the dynamic that that crew had and even just having two members right now um you know you could definitely start to see it and it adds a little bit more lightheartedness to you know a more serious tonal in the show
1: yeah no i mean i agree um, i think there was like that little bit of like lightheartedness between them um and then like you said you know it, it developed into like you know more serious notes and you know again in a way that conversation basically holds Sabine being to like, you know, get her shit together and, uh, you know, do what she thinks is right. Mm-hmm. And um, you know again, I mean, I, I thought it was great. Um, I, I didn't have a problem with her character. I thought her character was, was, was great. And, uh, you know, again, Hu Yang. Um, I like how they're involving him a lot more than I thought they would. I mean, I thought he'd kind of be like a cool, like little side character, but he seems to be having some, uh important roles in these first couple of episodes so i think as the series goes on he might you know turn into one of those background characters but i think overall he's been really enjoyable to watch and um you know he's uh he's 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 pretty funny so uh, i i definitely like his character um i mean that's that's basically what happens to sabine in that episode um you know as for ahsoka uh she ends up basically uh joining hera on um Corellia. basically Sabine is able to extract some information from one of the uh, assassin droid heads and they find out that they've been manufactured on corellia and just to give it some um, background context um morgan Elsbeth had a factory or facility on corellia um so obviously you know we see her using these types of assassin droids so they are kind of putting two and two together that you know she might still have operations on corellia because we're told that, like, you know, obviously, when the new republic was founded and the empire was defeated, that the new republic seized all of her facilities and her assets on corelia so she's not operating on corelia anymore. Well, obviously, uh, we find out that that's not true, uh, and they lied, <laughs> um, because we see Ahsoka basically meet up with Hera on corelia um, and then this is the first time that we see uh Chopper in uh in live action. Uh, we um, see we uh okay. we don't see the ghost. We haven't seen the ghost yet, but we see him sitting in the Phantom 2. Yes. Um. So we we see him sitting in a little uh you know droid uh, pit, you know, at the top. You know, just basically doing his chopper thing. <laughs> um. And fun fact, he's also voiced by Dave Filoni.
0: No way.
1: Yeah. He's also voiced by Dave Filoni in Rebels too. I can
0: definitely see the parts where you were saying um. Sometimes it sounds like he was talking. I forgot like what's the, it was a scene where they were looking for the tracker and um he it's almost like I found it like you know like I swear to God I heard him well, say that. the part
1: where like he's looking for it and she, he's like, did you go through my stuff?
0: Yeah, I also um I, I again it, Chopper and Harris dynamic is just it's again it it, ge- it gives me very much R two and like Anakin vibes. It's 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 great and I also found it interesting how they included um Corellia you know, where, like, Han Solo is from. So that
1: that that was kind of
0: a cool little thing um, that I really liked. Um, uh, But, you know, what's it called? I I really like that sequence as well in the factory when they went because it's like, you know, we, we saw that touched upon, you know, kind of in the Mandalorian a little bit, I'm pretty sure, in the last season, you know, like, oh, what are they doing? What is the New Republic doing with, you know, um, this, you know, the stuff from the Empire, or, like, you know, who still, do people still hold loyalty to, to the Empire, is there any point in holding loyalty, and I like, again, like, another thing that Harris says, it's, like, I think long live the Empire is, like, you know, just just enough to, like, you know, freaking say that they're not just, yeah, you know, it's, like, yeah, they're still, like, loyal, you know, subjects to the Empire, obviously, um, uh, but it was just, it was just funny, because it seemed like that, like, literally, the whole control room, was just like you know loyal to the empire it's like oh i thought it was going to be like two people at first and then the other two were going to be like what just happened it's like no they all just pull out their guns besides the droids and it's like long live the empire um and
1: like you, you said like you know we've seen those themes already in the mandalorian you know we've seen that that this new republic isn't as great you know as people might think We've obviously seen them do some you know, shady stuff on the scenes especially in the that mandalorian episode was a great way to kind of you yeah. know it was maybe more of the boring episodes like of the season it was definitely a great way to kind of show the inner workings of the new republic and see that it is just as corrupt and twisted as you know the galactic empire as the galactic republic obviously their whole like rehabilitation program with these like ex-imperials and stuff i mean just the fact that they're literally frying people's brains and basically memory wiping them um yeah so they're not as great as people might think they are and you know, like you said we obviously see this level of corruption um, not only in this episode, but then also in the in the next episode. Um, like you said, that whole facility just ends up turning out to be, like, you know, uh, probably, like, ex-Imperials. Um, you know, and obviously Ahsoka and Hera kind of have to fight their way out of it. And, uh, you know, we see Ahsoka basically go off, and she's pursuing, um, I don't know if it wasn't the droid, was it the droid? I don't know if it was the droid or the transport. She was pursuing
0: um, the transport, I believe. That had the hyper as, as
1: she's basically as she's pursuing the transport we see her uh come across uh, one of the other new characters um that we haven't talked about yet uh the ex inquisitor uh, Marok so there's been a lot of speculation about who maruk could be some people think he's Ezra Bridger some people think he might be Disney's version of Galen Merrick um some people thought that he might have been offy uh, but he has been confirmed to be a guy so the oh, son of a bitch.
0: no way because my, yeah. my... My theory, and I I can't even remember what happened to this character in the Clone Wars, but it made so much sense when I was looking at, like, the actual character and the look of it, and I was like, oh, who uses that? Who does that? And just hear me out. Again, don't know if this person died, but I was thinking Asajj Ventress.
1: Um, well if they do a disney thing where they make you think it was a guy and then like it turns out to be a female it depends because uh i don't know if the books on asa's adventures are canon but um there have been books that focus on like asa's adventures and we know that she dies in those books oh. if those books are considered canon then she's probably dead by this point Damn. um but if they're not then it also is that's, re- that's actually a, a a a fair uh you know I haven't heard that theory before, to be honest. So these, why these I was theories. thinking
0: it is because, again, even though I was thinking, I was like, okay, it could be the guy. But just the way the, the you know, whoever the characters looked, I was like, they, they don't really look, you know, they don't look big. And, like, you know, not every guy is big. But, like, they looked a little smaller. And I was like, okay, two lightsabers. Who knows how to do dual blades? I was like, Asajj has done dual blades. What did she do after she kind of left that whole thing. I was like, she was a bounty hunter. I mean, she, you know, and sometimes used her blades. She used to wear like a mask. I was like, I can see it. Again, I, I'm not really I wasn't really sure about the time frame, but I was like that, you because know, then I was thinking of the Night Sisters and I was like, oh maybe that's another way they bring in like another Night Sister esque Clone Wars character. Uh that would be cool. But like, you like know, I like, know like, we, like canonically like and like I don't know
1: if like these books are canon or if they're legends, but uh there's this story where like obviously after the events of the clone wars um she actually like ends up like running into like Quinlan boss like that uh jedi that we saw on the episode with Obi one kenobi like you know when they went to like second. i'll be right back just talk okay um well like i was like i was saying um we see that you know again whether this is a uh, canon or legends we see that um you know Son Adventures after the events of the clone wars uh, eventually goes and meets up with Quimlin Vos, uh, which we saw also in the Clone Wars uh, in the episodes with Obi-Wan Kenobi and then going to investigate, you know, the hot cartels and, uh, you know, trying to find, like, you know, Cad Bane and everything. Um, so, you know, we see them meet up. And then I think somehow in those books, I don't know if it's multiple books or just one book, but we see them, um, we see eventually die, uh eventually die. She dies in that book. Uh, but I don't know if those books are considered legend or if they have been put into, you know, canon Star Wars. Um, so most likely she probably is dead at this point. You know, as I'll tell my brother when he comes back, um, you know, in the after credits, uh, it's been confirmed that it is a male uh, stunt actor uh, under the armor and everything. And then, uh, you know, we see that he is giving giving credit uh, for playing Marukk. And they do refer to him as like he and his and him in the show, so we can confirm that he's a male character. So you know, guesses like maybe a Saul Ventress or Paris Offy are obviously off the table because they are female characters. Um, so the speculation that this could I- either be Ezra, I've heard that theory come out before, and it just makes no sense, you know, given on like you know Ezra Bridger character in Star Wars Rebels, and his you know. Uh, you know, development across the four seasons especially the fact that he was literally teleported uh, away with thrawn uh, into hyperspace so there should be no reason why people are i don't know why people are thinking this is ezra there's just too many holes and it makes no sense i mean the fact that like he was literally teleported away with thrawn makes no sense because first of all how did he get back second of all why did he just leave thrawn there if like he was going to come back as a bad guy Um, So the only possible theory is that this could possibly be Disney's way of bringing Galen Merrick, also known as Starkiller, into the canon Star Wars universe. Uh, For those of you that don't know, uh, Galen Merrick or Starkiller was the main protagonist in the Force Unleashed games uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, There have been talks of Dave Filoni wanting to bring him in uh, to Star Wars Rebels, um, actually as an Inquisitor. Uh, However, that idea was scrapped. Uh, so, however, you know, this could possibly be his way of introducing his character. Um, now, we have seen we have seen uh, Sam Witwer's name in the credits, uh, contributed to voice acting. Now, obviously, we know Sam Witwer has voiced and was modeled um, for the character of Gale America Starkiller. So, that's where the theories of this possibly being Starkiller comes in. However, in the most recent episode, he spoke. Um, And when you look at the after-credits, the after-credits are attributed to somebody named Paul Darnell, um, which is the stunt actor that is actually playing inside the suit. Um, So Hmm. usually how credits work is that usually Sam Witwer would have been given credit if he spoke from a Rook or whatever. Unless they did some backdoor deal or something, you know, where Dave Filoni was like, hey... I don't want to give you credit directly because i want to surprise people i'm going to put your name in the voice acting and we're going to give you know like unless there was some sort of like behind the scenes thing uh agreed upon where like oh they were just going to have this actor uh portray himself as maruk you know to kind of throw people off and the next thing you know we find out that it actually was sam whitworth um but the strongest theory is definitely going to be this disney version of galen merrick or star killer especially when you hear him speak in the third episode, if you've played the Force Unleashed games and you've chosen the dark side endings and, like, you play a star Killer in that, like, fully robotic suit, it literally sounds, like, exactly the same. I mean, it is almost like, like, copy and paste, like, the voice, like, from when My he's question. in that suit and then into this suit. But to further his character, oh, let me just admit, like, uh, you know, before you go on to your thing, we found out more information about Maruk. We know that he has been an Inquisitor. Obviously, he was part of the, you know, Inquisitor program, you know, within the Galactic Empire. He is known as an Inquisitor. And basically, after the fall of the Empire, he is now working as a mercenary. Um, and he must have been hired by, you know, Morgan Elsbeth or these two dark Jedi to kind of accompany them. That's why he still has the red lightsabers that he probably kept on to when he was an Inquisitor. Um, whether or not he's like a Sith or, you know, we consider him to use the dark side, um you know, we don't know. But we do know that because he is an Inquisitor, that he was formerly a Jedi. Um, so we don't know if maybe Balin and him know each other. Um, you know, we're not sure what their connection is. Um, you know, is he the same age as his apprentice? Uh, we don't know. But because all Inquisitors were former Jedi, then there is a possible connection between him and Balin. Um, and then depending on how old he is, you know, there could be a possible connection to him and Ahsoka, uh, as well. Um, so we know that he has that post, uh, or that past Inquisitor background. We know that he's a mercenary. um, so either he's just gonna be either there's gonna be two things that happens either one he's gonna be a totally new and unique character or two this is gonna be Disney's way of introducing Starkiller or Galen Merrick to the Star Wars um, Skywalker saga like Canon whatever you want to call it because if he is an Inquisitor he's the only Inquisitor that we know that is still alive right. Um you know, obviously we know there are inquisitors in the Jedi Fallen Order games. You know, however, that still takes, takes place during the Empire. We assume that probably all the inquisitors are are dead by now. However, he's still standing, so that kind of contributes a lot to his training. And you know, if the inquisitors were possibly trained by Darth Vader, then they could kind of tie in this whole story with Star Killer Galen Merrick. You know, perhaps this was one of uh vader's like you know favorite inquisitors and you know he, maybe he did more personalized training and that's why he survived so long and uh, but i don't know so i mean obviously there are a lot of theories going on around him um so we'll just have to wait and see and you know, see what happens so go ahead with what you were gonna say
0: i have a couple of problems with this inquisitor um only because again like depending on what disney's focus is in terms of what his story is because again you have a lot of other characters in this so you know if he is going to be a powerful character you might not want to focus on him first and just have him in the background because realistically for the two first two episodes I was like I, I didn't even know I, I barely cared that he was there nor knew he was there really until the third episode you really didn't see them um also I just I I don't know like a part of me wants it to be Starkiller, but a part of me also doesn't.
1: Because We understand that if it's going to be Starkiller or Galen Merrick, it's not going to be the version of him that we see in Legends. Yeah. Because that would just be way too OP. He would obviously obliterate Ahsoka and Sabine and literally everybody. I mean, if he was able to spar and defeat Vader one-on-one and go toe-to-toe with the Emperor, then he would wipe the floor with everybody. We know that this is going to be, like, a more nullified, like, um, what's that I'm looking for? Like, um nerfed basically star killer um you know so obviously even if it is you know again this is going to be disney's version so again he could still be a very powerful inquisitor and force user you know because he survived so long however definitely he won't be pulling any Star Destroyers out of the sky anytime anytime soon
0: so so what my theory is as of right now that you know because he's kind of just in the background. Like, if he is a decently powerful character, he's not showing it. You know, he he's just playing it easy. You know, maybe he doesn't really want to get noticed. He just, maybe he wants the opportunity to meet Thrawn. Maybe that's his goal. I'm not sure. We'll see how it plays out. But m- my other theory, which, like, you know, depending on the characters we've seen and what they've brought in, is especially with Hwang, um having him in, you remember the episodes with the Jedi younglings in the Clone Wars with, like, Hondo and stuff like that? I have a feeling that it could be one of those younglings. And then what... Well,
1: that, that has been, like, a, a theory. I mean, it hasn't been a very popular theory, but I have heard that one before.
0: Because I'm like, okay, that Ezra theory, no. Like, not at all. Um, again, the most formidable one is either Starkiller, because of what, you know, the clues and stuff we've seen... Maybe what I just said, but who knows? Or somebody just—we don't even know who they are. You and know, honestly, maybe I they're mean, I, I would
1: not be upset if this was just—I wouldn't either. Totally new Inquisitor. If anything, I'd be more interested to figure out how he survived longer than any other Inquisitor. My boss did make a good point though, because obviously the Inquisitors have with like, this like number ranking, you know, so like second sister, third brother, you know, fourth sister, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Mm-hmm. We know that there's a title of a grand inquisitor, right? However, we don't know who the first brother is. So this could probably this has the potential to be the strongest inquisitor below the Grand Inquisitor. So he could possibly mm. be the first brother.
0: Because we haven't seen the first brother, you're right.
1: Seen all the numbers except for the first brother. I mean you assume if there is a second sister, there has to be a first brother or first something. If, if there was no number one, then she would just be called first sister. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: So, and I yeah. again, never heard. And the way they go, they do brother sister, brother sister. So it would be first brother. So the character would be male. It would make a lot of sense if this was the first inquisitor, the best side of the inquisitors before the grand inquisitor. Um, and then this kind of like kind of helps maybe cultivate a story of this possibly being Gale and Merrick as star killer and. He was the best Inquisitor out of the whole class. You know, he was on par with the Grand Inquisitor. Maybe he was you know, Vader's favorites. You know, obviously he lasted a lot longer than the other Inquisitors. They could build a storyline for Star Killer if they really wanted to, but then people just have to obviously realize that he will not be OP, and he will probably be on par with, like, Ahsoka and, you know, the likes of, of her. So.
0: I feel like Ahsoka has such a very interesting concept as of now, because you have... Balin and his apprentice, you know, not necessarily Sith, not necessarily Jedi, not necessarily Grey Jedi either. You know, they're they're in their own world, I would kind of describe it. You have an Inquisitor who, again, doesn't necessarily seem super, oh, the Empire, you know, uh, I'm a bad guy, you know, like, but of course, like, we don't know what game they're playing. And then we have Thrawn looming. So it's like you have technically four different, you know, kind of, you know, I don't want to say bad guys, but you you, you you have these four separate characters and you have one of them. As you know, you have, sorry, you have two of them that are basically still kind of looming threats from the Empire. So it's like, because if this if this Inquisitor is kind of just in the background and really doesn't seem like doing, you know, the heavy lifting or doesn't really want to do it as of now, I think their game is just to get the throne, which would make the I most mean, sense. obviously...
1: Obviously, we could argue that, like, you know, Maruk could have stayed. He could have kept fighting Ahsoka. Um, However, obviously, his plan wasn't to fight her long-term. That's why he just ended up running away and just getting away on the ship because he was there to do a mission, and then once his mission was complete, then he just bolted. Um, But it looks like they are going to face off again because we do see, like, in the trailer that we do see, like, Maruk, like, spinning his lightsaber in front of Ahsoka. So, excuse me, we are going to see them fight again. It would be cool, but... Yeah, so, I mean, he's definitely, you know, turning out to be one of my favorite characters. Uh, I already got his Funko Pop pre-ordered. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, oh, uh, really? By the way, the Ahsoka show uh, pops are available for pre-order on uh, Amazon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was uh, looking also, at them today. I was adding, because I got to get that Hera. Yeah. Uh,
1: oh, and also, I mean, come on, you got to get the chopper, too, you know?
0: There's a chopper? I didn't even know there was a chopper.
1: There, there there's a, There's a Hera, Ahsoka... Yang, uh, Chopper, Maruk, and then they have an Amazon exclusive Sabine.
0: Oh my goodness, I I, I might have to pick up the whole set. <laughs> I if mean, yeah, I totally didn't chopper, pre-order the, I I total,
1: totally didn't pre-order the whole set already.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still got to pre-order the Ghost. I mean, oh no, it
1: comes out. Yeah, tomorrow. well, it drops tomorrow, so. You, I don't you still, pre-order it. To, then. Yeah, you'll have to go online and <laughs> buy it. <laughs> got a gift card
0: that I can use and maybe split the rest of it, but I don't know. I just got paid. Oh, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, you know, we see Marok and, you know, like an HK droid fight uh, Ahsoka. Uh, obviously, that was a pretty well-done battle. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and at the same time, we see Hera and Chopper uh, chasing down the transport in the <laughs> Phantom 2. And it's probably, like, one of the best scenes uh, of the entire episode. <laughs> Uh, because obviously we got to see Chopper like all of his glory and personality and Chopper was great I mean he basically stole that episode uh, he is the classic war criminal that we know and love um, and what's did, funny is did you is recognize that, like, you
0: know... uh, did you rec- sorry did you recognize the scene where um, he was definitely talking to Hera and he's like why can't we just shoot down the, you know the the hyperdrive and then she's like you know you can't just shoot something down like that. There's going to be tons of civilian casualties or something. And he was just like, wah, wah, wah. like he definitely was like, you know, ah.
1: it almost sounded like he was like, is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> there were some instances where like, you could definitely hear like the voice acting come through a little bit. And like, it sounded like he was almost speaking English, but you know what? Yeah. It was the same personality and characteristics, especially when he's going through all the stuff. And then he does like, <laughs> yeah, he was crazy. So and then, uh, you know, so Hera and Chopper, like, eventually chase the transport into space. Uh, they put a tracking beacon on it, and it makes the jump to light speed. Um, but they tracked it, you know, so they know where it was going, basically. Um mm-hmm. We do see a little bit of Morgan, Elspeth, and uh, Balin and his apprentice, um, as they do have the map now, and they go to a planet called C-toss, um, which, you know, also has some implications because we do, if you look closely in that episode, we do see a couple of Purgles uh, in the sky um, towards yes. the end of the episode. So we do see that this planet has some sort of significance with the purgles. Um, But, you know, we see her basically activate the map using her night sister powers. And it basically shows, again, it shows our galaxy and then it shows a path to another galaxy. Um, Balin calls it the path to Peridia. Uh, apparently it's like a ancient Jedi folklore story that they heard in the temple um so he knows of the path obviously she knows of the path so this is some sort of a uh, famous folklore story that they heard of and you know apparently it's true um and a lot of people believe that this path is only accessible um through the help of the purgles um because a lot of people think that this is like part of like their migration path obviously they they have the ability to travel at light speed um well, then at the, the ending credits and everything you know we see that sea toss is surrounded by purgles and we see the purgles obviously arrive there and we assume that they could obviously travel you know two different galaxies um, and i mean that's basically how the episode ends i mean like i said we see ahsoka and sabine reunite at the end of the episode and uh, you know they're off the sea toss because basically hera the tracking beacon on the ship and they find out where the ship is going so Ahsoka comes to Greer of Sabine, and then they head out um, to, you know, go to Sea Toss and confront, uh, you know, Thrawn's allies and what they're doing. Um, overall, uh, it, it, you know, again, it was a great episode. Um, you know, I didn't really find too much wrong with it, to be honest. Um, I'm just trying to figure out why I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10. Um, uh, maybe, maybe the thing with Sabine uh maybe that bothered me a little bit that she kind of survived i mean i didn't want them to kill her off right away but i just don't like how disney is making lightsabers basically obsolete because they just could stab anybody and just not kill anybody anymore um so i didn't really appreciate that um but everything else was great i mean you know i that's why you know again i i feel like there were some things that maybe weren't too perfect um, which is why I'm giving it the nine out of ten. But I mean, overall, I mean, I thought it was great. I thought it kept the momentum going from the first episode. Um, if anything, it expanded upon it a little bit, especially with Chopper, especially the all the scenes on Corellia were great. Um, you know, I think the whole dive into the New Republic and just seeing how basically corrupt and weak it is um, not only just shows you like how politics work in Star Wars, but it also shows you how easy it was for the first order to rise in the sequel trilogy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I I thought it was pretty
0: good. I gotta say, the thing with the lightsabers does annoy me because, like, it, when you know, when I think of the hallway scene with Balin, I mean, obviously they can't make it really hard, but it looked like he just slices, mm. you know, somebody, and it's like theoretically they would just get a burn, you know, it's like they they wouldn't die from that. So it's like she's getting stabbed there. Obviously, it's like, you know, if you're going to stab somebody, just freaking stab them in the leg or something. So it's more believable The thigh, you know, the shoulder. So at least like, oh, like that's not, you know, somewhere serious. It's like if you're in the stomach area, yeah, you have a better chance of dying. But, you know, overall, everything else about the episode I I loved. And I really like that they're bringing purgles, you know, in the live action. And again, this, this is basically an extension of Rebels. You know, just obviously with Ahsoka at the center, excuse me, Uh, because we, you know, know the progress were big in uh, Rebels. So, um, and it'll help answer questions about Thrawn and and Ezra. Um, So I would give it like a 9.3 out of 10, uh, just because I'm not there at a 10.10. I mean, 10 out of 10, Um, but I I did love the episode. And um, again, overall, I'm pleased with the show. I'm, uh, you know, interested to see where the rest of it goes. Um, I'm, you know, I think if there's a strong season, um, strong mid season finale, uh, it's going to be looking good. But I think if it's kind of just another regular episode, it, th- that, that kind of might suck a little bit, you know, we need something, we need something a little big in the middle of the show to really get it like, yeah. oh yeah, like a show. I, I think know?
1: right now, if I had to rate this show, like out of like letters, I think it's probably like a B plus, like I think it's like a B plus tier.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I don't think it's better than Mandalorian. Uh, I know some people really liked Andor, but, I mean... Was you know, it
0: really that good? I mean, I again, that's something that's on my watch list I mean, as some well. Some
1: people think it, it's, like, great, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it was good. I think it was definitely, like, like you know, maybe B-plus tier, maybe, like, A-minus. Um, but I definitely think these first three episodes have been probably better than the Obi-Wan series. Um, I think it's been better than the Book of Boba Fett so far, um, but I wouldn't put it over Mandalorian, and I don't think I put it over Andor right now. Um, I have it at, like that B- that B plus, but depending on how it ends, this could easily be A tier.
0: I will tell you that um, okay. uh, this, I, I believe, the amount of households or like whatever that like tuned in for Ahsoka is around the same that did for Andor, if not a little more. So it and seems I mean, like it's people also got, are... like,
1: good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. I think when I last checked, it had, like, at least, like, high 80s for the critic score. And then, like, it had, like, you know, like, a mid-90s for the audience score. So people are seeing I think it's one of the highly rated, the higher rated live-action TV shows. I think it's higher rated than Mandalorian Season 3. Um. So it definitely is up there for, like, you know, good critic and audience ratings when it comes to live-action Star Wars.
0: Honestly, what what I'm, you know, assuming is if we get, say, for example, say we get to the sixth episode and it's really not like, you know, there really hasn't been like a wow episode. You know, I, I don't know what the extension of this show is going to be. That's the problem. We don't know if we're going to see another season. Or we don't know if we're going to see this. Well, and it then seems, just like, that it seems
1: like. Episode five is going to be like the high point or the climax. Because obviously, Dave Filoni uh, directing it. It's going to be like one of the longer episodes. So it seems like there's going to be a lot going on in that episode. Um, so I think episode five is where the show is going to make or break it. You know, unfortunately, with Ahsoka, I feel like there is no in-between for some Star Wars fans. Like either this is going to be like the, one of the best Star Wars shows that they've seen or it's going to crash and burn. Um, Just because, like, you know, she is such a beloved character and people love Rebel so much um unfortunately there is going to be this no in between uh
0: with their characters yeah again like we we've had countless conversations about this but it is hard in terms of star wars just because you know especially now taking a, a character like ahsoka who has developed so much in her you know time in star wars and uh you know now in live action uh filling the shoes and you know seeing where the story progresses is it's, it's going to be a big ask because I feel like mm-hmm. this show is kind of you know you know one of the starting points for the next couple of years of Star Wars especially with that Dave Filoni movie I mean that's still two three years away I mean we you don't know what what the heck is going to happen you don't know if you're going to see these characters in the next Mandalorian season you don't know if this is going to progress to another season then you're going to see men characters yeah I, I have no idea but um yeah. i'm excited nonetheless you know I, I i you know i'm i've had a good feeling and i really enjoyed the you know watching the episodes and i i like the style so far i don't know who's directed the first couple of episodes but the dave, well, dave Filoni, there.
1: dave Filoni directed the first episode i think somebody by the name of seth Green might have might have directed these last two episodes i think i know seth green i think he did the second
0: episode but i don't know if he did the third episode again or somebody else did i was gonna say is like seth green uh he's not the guy from like No, oh,
1: that's seth Rogen.
0: no no i i know seth no <laughs> but seth green from like family guy i'm pretty sure he's yeah. the creator of robot chicken
1: Maybe he is. I mean, maybe he directed it or something.
0: That's crazy. Imagine that. Uh, I have no idea, though. <laughs> but that—that's that, what I immediately thought of.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that—that that brings us to our our third and final episode, at least for uh, for this kind of like you know, in, in discussion. Um. So yeah. the third episode was titled Part Three, uh, Time to Fly, and uh, it was the shortest episode out of the three. Uh, it was only like thirty six minutes. And um, honestly, there isn't only- like Really, too much to say about this episode because I mean there were some some good parts that happened, but it was uh, a lot of people thought that this was like kind of like the filler episode, um, you know, while they were kind of like you know setting up for like you know uh, other events that happen. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, are, are you okay over there? I, I keep seeing you like you know cut in and out. You don't see me. Cause Cause you I, I see you, now. but <laughs> okay. I guess it's just the connection. Um. Yeah, so uh, really, um, you well, know, let's talk about like you know some of the the more important scenes uh, of this. So I forget how. We, okay, so obviously we open up with Ahsoka and Sabine training on the Jedi shuttle. Um, a lot of people have been like mirroring the scene, like off to like uh, classic like samurai training. Um, you know, using the the wooden sword. Um, you know, kind of using some of the, um, you know, the technique that Ahsoka wants. Being the try with the helmet um, was apparently a nod to a blind Japanese uh, actor that starred in a lot of well-known samurai movies, like back in like the 60s and 70s. Um, so we see that influence of these samurai movies in Star Wars, but it's also been very heavily well-known. Um, obviously, George Lucas has taken a lot of inspiration from like you know the Seven Samurai films. He's taken a lot of inspiration from those types of samurai, like you know Japanese films. Um, so it was nice to see that touch added in this like little training montage. Um, well, before we get any further, uh, before we forget, I would probably give this episode I think a solid nine out of ten cents. Um, again, I don't think it was perfect, but I think it it was actually pretty good for a filler episode. Um, I've seen a lot of support for it online. I think a lot of people have actually like really enjoyed this episode. Um, so to see like such positive reviews for a filler episode, like it, it it's done pretty well so far i think it's been pretty good
0: i would go along with the same um nine out of ten because i feel like it was just a fun um it was pretty action-packed uh too again they had a pretty long flying sequence and fight um and uh, you know i enjoyed the training uh, i wouldn't call it a montage necessarily
1: but sequence like you said um yeah, well i mean i meant to say sequence i was trying to find the word but montage came before sequence <laughs> Yeah, um, but again, I do
0: like when, you know, you you can kind of more clearly see those different styles incorporated. You know, I like just classic, you know, they don't got to get fancy with it, and I kind of think that, you know, it's trying to hit a certain point when they show that. Um, and again, I you know, I like seeing Ahsoka as a teacher in this. You know, I mean, we've seen her as a teacher before, but it always is nice because then you get to see maybe if, you know, uh, if if anything from Anakin comes out, you know, if she's gonna teach anything crazy like that. But I don't know if we're gonna see that from her in this just because of, you know, hopefully Sabine not being force sensitive. I know technically because people have been saying like, you know, uh and they've you know they said it in this, I'm pretty sure like, you know, the force surrounds, you know, us. It's in every living being. So technically you could say everybody has the force, but um, you know, kind of like Hugh Wang uh said. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, you have to have uh, you actually, no, know, I think Ahsoka said it's like you have to have talent, you know, like in like you have to be normally force sensitive to really do this. And again, I I feel like this is another Finn story. But yeah. you know, and I hope I, I really as much honest, as I love Sabrina, like, I don't want her to be force sensitive. Yeah. Like not to and that like- extent.
1: Yeah, I mean, like to be honest, like if if George Lucas is the one that came out and was like, well, everybody has the Force, you know, the Force resides in all living beings. I mean, we've heard that before. The thing is, I don't care if people can learn how to use the Force, you know, and become Force sensitive. I just think for Sabine's character, her character does not need to become Force sensitive. She is a great character without being Force sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why I dock it a point. You know, I only give it a nine out of ten because this episode basically confirms they are going to go on the storyline of making Sabine Force-sensitive. Because Ahsoka has her do the training. She's literally cutting out all of her senses. She's supposed to feel, like, her presence and, like, where she is in the training, you know, to kind of, like, combat her, you know? Mm-hmm. And we see her trying to have Sabine already tap into the Force, you know? And then, after Ahsoka walks away to get the transmission from Hera, you see Sabine sit at the table and try to use the Force to move the cup, which was <laughs> it, it was actually a really funny scene when she did that. But again, it, it just seems like you know, this show has solidified their stance. They're going to try to make Sabine Force-sensitive, and that's how they're going to build her character over these next couple of episodes. Fortunately, I don't think her character needs it. I don't think... Again, whether this is some sort of Disney ploy to make another strong female character who is also Force-sensitive, that might be a reason for the route they're going. But again, Sabine is such a well-loved character for who she is already. She does not need to be Force-sensitive. She could be a badass Mandalorian wielding a lightsaber without using the Force. There'd be nothing yeah. wrong with that. The fact that they are making her Force-sensitive just shows that, unfortunately, Dave Filoni could not escape Disney, and they had to push some of their agenda on this show. Well, hopefully, you know, and hopefully if she's it, not. If, if Sabine ends up being force sensitive, am I going to hate her character? No, I'm still going to love her character. However, again, I just think it's not needed to develop her character. So, I she, mean, it's so
0: just, the only way I would kind of be okay with her being force sensitive is kind of like what I said earlier, where she finds out, whatever, maybe she has some force in her and she can learn how to control it. She finds out it's not for me. You know, like I can still... You know, just, I, you know, th- cool, I learned this, but it's not helping. I'm going, you know, in, in that process, she learns a little more, like, about herself or maybe, I don't know, about other other stuff. Leave the Force-sensitive stuff gone and go back to the stuff. That's the only way I would yeah. be cool with her actually moving something okay,
1: like, with
0: the Force. But like- other than that, again, I don't want it. I, I don't want
1: it. Yeah, I mean like that story sounds nice, but however, I think with that approach it's kind of it's, it's pointless, pointless, you know? Yeah, exactly. That was that was basically my point. Well it's like if she was gonna do that in the end of the show, then basically building her up to be force sensitive is just absolutely pointless if she's just gonna turn around and reject it. I understand one way to look at developing her character, you know, she realizes that all she has to do is just be herself and she's fine with that, she doesn't need any special powers. I get that. However, with that approach, then you could also do the argument well, why did they just waste eight episodes making her force sensitive if she doesn't want it? You no, know? I mean, this yeah. is not going to be like a Jon Snow scenario where he just doesn't want anything and it just ruins his character until the end of the show. Um, you know, so again, this is the reason why I give it a point off. I think they're going to go in this direction and try to make her force sensitive. But I hope, like you said, she realizes it sooner than later that, you know what? I don't have the force and that's okay. I'm going to be me and as long as i'm just me that's all that matters if if she realizes that earlier you know, before it's too late and i'd be perfectly okay with that but you know that's that's one of the things that you know i just again i i feel like that's what they're doing i mean i i, I think you know by her talking to ahsoka about using the forest and everything and basically the way they were having a conversation it was basically like loney was having a conversation with his fans He was basically telling us, like, look, everybody has the Force. Well, not everybody has the talent for it, but if you try hard enough, if you're disciplined enough, you could possibly learn how to use it. I think that was Filoni's way of basically kind of like talking directly to us as the fans. Like, hey, I know you might be skeptical about Sabine becoming Force sensitive. However, let me explain to you how George Lucas sees the Force, how he interpreted it, and show you guys that this is something that could possibly happen. You know, so, again, it's in Dave Filoni's hands. I trust him. I think he could write a story about it, and it could be a good story. You know there are going to be those toxic Star Wars fans that just don't like it no matter what. But, you know, I like to have a little bit more of an open mind. So if she turns out to be Force-sensitive, then you know what? Not only is she a Mandalorian, but she's also a Jedi. And, you know, it's just a cooler thing for her. But, again, I don't think it's needed. Um, But, you know, that's just me. So.
0: Yeah. And, like, guys out there, like... It When, you know, when we talk about these things and, like, you know, like, for example, me and my brother kind of often disagree in terms of, like, you know, like, for example, we disagreed about Ahsoka, but it doesn't mean, like, he's being negative towards it or I'm trying to convince you guys, yeah, like, Ahsoka's, you know, the best. It's like, no, it's like, feel free to challenge the stuff, but the point is, is, you know, not to be that toxic Star Wars fan, and like we just talked about, if she happens to be force sensitive take something positive out of it and hope that it goes in this direction if it doesn't that's disney for you you know like you know they did it with the sequels hopefully they don't do it here again i you know since they gave dave filoni you know kind of a little bit more control hopefully he was able to steer it in the direction if not disney might be able to take control over it who knows just you know try to keep a good mind about it and hopefully it goes in that direction Uh, But overall, I'm excited because this is, you know, kind of a show that I think hopefully if it, you know, keeps going up, I think it'll be better than the last Mandalorian season at least. You know, like not the Mandalorian as well because it's hard to beat that. But the last season, probably definitely if it keeps going, you
1: know, up. I agree. Um, I mean, that's that's basically how the third episode opens up. Uh, We find out that they get the transmission from Hera and, you know, the New Republic is not going to be able to send a task force um, over the CETOS to help them out. Um, but however, we do see scenes with Hera. Um, she is at the New Republic fleet. A lot of people think that they are orbiting Coruscant. Um, so that's where the defense fleet is like currently located. Um, it's, it's either, they say it was either Coruscant or maybe, I don't know if it's Radius Prime or Raxius Prime or, or something like that. It right. um, apparently... <laughs> Apparently, the New Republic has had like multiple capitals, so I mean they just don't have one capital. So some people, but most likely, it's probably Coruscant, um, which would make sense. Uh, so obviously, we see Hera, um, you know, join a meeting with uh, you know the New Republic government, and we actually see Mon Mothma, who has been elected the chancellor of the New Republic. So we see same actress, you know, from Andor, uh, reprising her role. Uh, you know, if you don't know Joey, obviously Mon Mothma is in Andor um so uh, you know we see the same actor you know reprise her role and uh you know we see her surrounded by a few senators um and again you know we see the new republic and how their politics work Um, obviously harris was like hey um so we got something going on and uh you know we think that theron's allies are trying to bring him back to be a real dangerous threat i fought against him he's a very powerful and intellectual admiral he could probably Uh, combine and, uh, you know, regroup all the remaining Imperial forces and this can be really bad for us. And, um, the senator that we were talking about earlier, the one that is the father from the main character of the Star Wars Resistance show, uh, was basically like, nah, um, you just miss your friends and, um, you know, this is all just a bunch of cap, and, uh, (laughs) quit whining (laughs) yeah the senators are basically reluctant to send any aid because they just don't think that this is a threat that they have to worry about so we see that very like laid back relaxed attitude they're just like oh we're all posh and like you know noble and you know oh we don't want to get our we deal with the politics
0: you stick with the flying
1: right and um we see we see that one senator and Hera go back you know back and forth and uh, eventually she's just like have you ever fought in the war senator <laughs> I we, love we that. oh, oh, you just waited you just waited to see who came out on top right and he was basically just silent the whole time and if that doesn't speak volumes to how the new republic is operating then, and plus they literally openly admit that they have ex-imperials working at every level of the new republic government so I mean, that just goes to show you right there that this new republic is literally like, killing itself from the inside pretty much yeah um and towards the end of the meeting, you know, eventually nothing is resolved. You know, the New Republic is not going to send a task force. They're not getting any aid from the New Republic. Um, but you hear Mon Mothma uh, ask about Jason. So for those of you that have watched Star Wars Rebels, we know that Kanan and Hera have had a son, and his name is Jason Sandula. And soon enough, after the meeting is finished, we see Jason make his live-action appearance, which everybody was wondering about. And uh, he looks, you know, he looks okay. Um, yeah i mean i i don't really care about how this poor little kid actor looks i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna flame him you know and be like (laughs) he has green hair you know (laughs) he does have green hair and his outfit does have the shoulder pommel of kanan like literally the same exact design that he wore in rebels so i you know i it's hard not to make fun of him when he's like oh i want to be a jedi too you know (laughs) And Hera's like, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you will. So, um, there, there were a couple of Easter eggs, you know. You could see it in, like, Hera's eyes where, like, you know, she was basically just, like, looking at, like, a young Cain in there. Yeah. Um, why is Hera's green? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, Maybe it's because she's green? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought, but I was like, that's got to be a weird well, like, it's, it's a, it's a totally It's a totally different color green, so I don't understand why it's this. <laughs> Obviously we see Chopper being a pretty good babysitter. Um yeah, so, you know he's basically just Who spilling knows all what the tea. he tells him? <laughs> yeah. He's basically just filling all the tea he's like, Oh hey, do you know your Ancibean's gonna be a Jedi? And he's like, Wait, what?
0: <laughs> it's like, Hey, do you know like I've like literally like bombed the entire cities so,
1: <laughs> yeah. But so I just love how he's just like he's like and he's like or like, he like growls or something.
0: <laughs> I, I love how I love how Chopper talks. I I really do. I love his design, I love how he talks. Yeah. He's just He's the best. So,
1: I mean, it, it was nice to see Jason in his live-action role. I mean, obviously, we were going to see him as a minifigure in the Ghost, um, so he was confirmed like for the series. We just didn't know when we were going to see him. We don't know if he's Force-sensitive or not. Um, if he has not touched upon Just because he is the child of a Jedi does not mean he is Force-sensitive. There have been cases where people have not been Force-sensitive. Um, it would be a missed opportunity if Anakin's son was not Force-sensitive. I think that would be kind of Shame, you know, especially for Kanan. Um yeah. Uh so you know, we see a little bit uh of him, and you know, obviously Hera, you know, again she kills it. Uh, you know, we see a little bit of chakra, he was awesome. And then uh, you know, we kind of come back to CTOS, you know. So we just heard from Hera in the in the hologram, they weren't gonna be able to send the task force. The transmission goes out because they're jamming the signal. Um, and then, you know, they <laughs> jump out of hyperspace again. And again, the whole thing with like Huyang and Ahsoka, like, you know, oh senior jedi protocol says that we must you know uh, jump out of hyperspace you know at a far distance and we don't know like what planet we're going to um so again you know that little back and forth is just real funny stuff like that um and obviously you know we see them get closer to the planet uh you know hu yang you know senses you know something on the other side of the planet and um, we'll eventually find out that what he sensed that he scans was a giant hyperspace ring that we've seen countless times before uh, more in the clone wars it was more like a clone wars era type a thing that you know jedi all-star would use um you know to jump from planet to planet um so we see a giant one of those hyperspace rings basically being made uh the transport horse her ship which she's calling the eye of scion by the way um to this distant galaxy where grand admiral Thrawn is um so we see the shuttle uh, get closer to the uh, hyperspace ring however you know we see um the apprentice and Maruk, you know, along with a few other pilots uh, basically, kind of ambush them, and this whole like massive um, space battle basically happens. Uh, we see Sabine and Ahsoka at first, you know, kind of bicker, but then we see Ahsoka like learn to open up more, and she kind of lets Sabine take the role, and we see that connection develop um, more positively. Uh, we obviously see they get into some sort of rhythm. You know, they take out a, a couple of starfighters, however, their ship is temporarily disabled, and while it's disabled. A really cool callback, um, mostly to Clone Wars. I mean, I know it happened in like one episode of Rebels, but we see it mostly happening in Clone Wars where we see Ahsoka leave the shuttle and basically take on these uh starfighters, like just you know, one on three. I think it's and, so and fascinating
0: think, how like yeah. they can just do that. <laughs> and, and I
1: mean, for those of you that like, have watched Clone Wars, I mean, we've seen them do space battles like this before, we've seen her do it with Anakin when she was mm-hmm. still a Padawan. Um, you know, we've seen Plo Koon do it in, like, the second episode of the series, like, with the two clone troopers, so we've seen that it's possible. However, what I do like is that, you know, unlike The Last Jedi, where, like, you know, Princess Leia was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to use the Force to pull myself back to the ship. There was a point where when she sliced that starfighter, did you notice that? I mean, she was just drifting off in the space. Like, she yeah, couldn't she just pull drifted in front of the ship. Yeah. She's like, uh, yeah. are we ready? <laughs> Yeah, she she couldn't pull herself back to the ship. They actually had to like get the wing under her to get her footing, which was a nice touch because it shows that you just can't use the force to pull yourself through space. You know that's not how it works. Um, so, uh, but again, I mean, I thought it was super cool to see her kind of like just bounce around and like you know distract the 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 starfighters while they were repairing the shuttle. Um, eventually, they get it working again. and They start heading down to the planet's surface. And while they were in the upper atmosphere, um, of course, you know, what do we see in the clouds? We see a whole herd of turtle, which literally just look like giant um, back whales or like just giant whales, yeah. Um, yeah. which are super cool, by the way. Um, and we see them like kind of do, like a cool like chase scene, like through the turtles, like through the tentacles and everything. It really um, shows and how
0: massive some of them are. Yeah. You
1: know? I mean, we've seen them like really big and then like really small but i mean it yeah. looks like all these were like just all these were probably like fully grown adults because they were all huge they were no like mm-hmm. small ones um we finally see that sabine is able to like kind of like you know escape and you know they uh put the shell down in the forest um which you know i wonder if it's kind of like a callback to like game of thrones because like it was surrounded by like a bunch of like red trees they have these red trees in game of thrones known as like werewood trees um they kind of have like the same design so i wonder if that was like a little right there um but uh yes yeah, so we see the, her sit down the shuttle in this forest um you know we see Marok and his apprentice just you know kind of like regroup and go back to you know um sort of like you know Balin or whatever and uh basically the episode ends with uh you know them finding out that it was a giant hyperspace ring that they were using um that could like have the ability to transport them to a different galaxy and uh Sabine was really excited. And you know, you even saw Ahsoka crack a Smile when they saw Purgles. because they were like, well, the last time we saw Purgles was when we saw Ezra. Mm-hmm. And now you see that little like flicker of hope um kind of enter them like towards the end of the episode. And obviously we see Balin and his uh, HK Assassin Droids and some like probably like hired mercenaries who, like flush out the forest and like, you know, find the shuttle because he knows that they landed on the planet. Um, and it seems like from the trailer and from what what, what we've seen that next episode is probably going to have the fight between Balin and Ahsoka and then possibly, um, you know, his apprentice and then Sabine. um, Because obviously the fight between the apprentice and Sabine takes place in the forest, and the fight between Ahsoka and Balin takes place on Sea And, you know, so uh, we should probably get some fight scenes in next episode, uh, which would be yeah. pretty cool. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically how the episode ends. I mean, again, I mean, I think Ahsoka has been on the right track so far. I mean, I think they're they're doing really well with their momentum. Like I said, the only reason why this was not a 10 out of 10 episode for me, honestly, was just because of the whole possible force-sensitive thing with Sabine. Um, But again, I mean, I think having 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10 episodes, you know, to start off your series is pretty good. Especially Mm -hmm. because everybody knew that this episode was going to be shorter, it was going to be a filler. And the fact that everybody loved it, like, I mean, you see, like, people giving it like 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10. The fact that people love this episode... It's really good, because you know, I mean there have been Star Wars filler episodes where like this is just boring as shit. Like why am I watching this? Yeah. The fact that people love this episode and this was a fuller like a filler episode, I and mean, that that's pretty good. You know, so I mean I think the show has a lot of potential, uh, especially these next two episodes. I think will probably make or break the show. To be honest, um, yeah. I mean like I said, I mean I think that was really the only negative thing that I saw about the episode. Um, you know I, I mean again, all the characters were fantastic. Um, I like the training sequence you know between Sabine and Ahsoka I think that was really cool um you know seeing Jason adapted to live action was really cool you know the scenes where Hera and Chopper were nice um and then again that whole Starfighter sequence especially because like some of the ships looked like they were like a Clone Wars era. like some of the, I was getting like general grievous vibes yeah. like with some of the ships um so it was cool to see how they're still using that like ancient technology you know like <laughs> after after years you know I mean it's only been like you know maybe 20 years but i mean even so you know um well yeah so i mean you know that pretty much uh wraps up our discussion on these first three episodes um definitely a longer video i mean this is probably going to end up being like at least a two and a half hour video so this will be a lot for you guys to watch and spread apart um you know what i mean i wouldn't have it any other way you know doing these like videos in, like multiple parts which just be like a real pain in the ass you know so i don't mind sitting here for like the longer yeah. episodes and,
0: just, and again you if you know, guys want to skip break. through you could skip through and, like you know be our guest but you know it's it's fun to when we actually watch things because when you talk about it you can kind of you know give these yeah i mean the know,
1: last time we broke down the show last time we broke down the show for star wars at least on this podcast was the dead batch yeah um so we haven't you know we've never done one for the mandalorian we haven't done any for clone wars i mean those are always ones that we can look back into doing i mean again the everything with the strikes as far as i know are still going on so i mean we don't know what content's going to be out in the future you know for us to do like for movie and show reviews um you know there is a couple things coming out in the fall that we could probably still do some stuff on um you know yeah i mean let us know if you guys want us to kind of like return to something that's like og well, star wars material you know we can go over the different seasons of the clone wars and rebels and we could do some of the other uh, shows i mean um did we, do, uh, did we do a breakdown for obi-wan kenobi or, or did, that, did we, we both watch that right i feel like we did that for we, the podcast I don't,
0: I don't remember doing a kenobi one I, I i really feel like we haven't sit here we haven't excuse me we haven't sat here and really done breakdowns of things and that's something that's in my list of episodes we want to do so, we'll probably be doing that for the next couple of episodes anyway, regardless of, you know, whether it's Marvel, DC, Star Wars, just because of the strikes. Because, um, again, there's not a lot coming out, and uh, not really until October that, you know, I'm really looking forward to. So, the next couple of months is probably going to be, I mean, sorry, the next couple of episodes is, you know, probably going to be, you know, Star Wars. You know, we might break down again. Maybe we'll go show by show. We'll break down each Star Wars show. Yeah. Um you know, we'll see. Uh, but again, yeah. like we always say, let us know. Let us know what you're interested in. If you have any opinions, comments, whatever it is, just feel free to hit us up on the yeah. socials.
1: Well, we we uh we didn't mention it earlier, but we did have so many comments on our most recent episode. Um, you know, I mean, we were gonna get into it. You know, towards the end of the episode. Uh, first of all, I mean, you guys killed it on YouTube. Uh, yes. The episode that we just put out about you know uh, Rebel Moon and Ahsoka. That's been our highest viewed episode for our YouTube channel. It has, I think I checked today, it, it has 112 views. And That's to give insane. you guys context, the highest rate, the highest viewed episode before that was the one that I did on what Star Wars meant to me personally. That one had 50 views. The fact that this one has like literally double is insane. So I when mean, you guys killed it, you know, again, thank you for all the love and support. You know, we just got another subscribers, now we're up to 30 subscribers. Um, you know, so that just keeps the all rolling for us um but yeah again you guys really killed it so i mean thank you guys so much for all that love and support you know hopefully you guys show you know the same amount of support on this episode um i would be shocked if we got like the same views back to back but i mean again no matter whether it's like 10 views or it's like you know 100 views i mean i'm still happy that people sit and you know watch our content and stuff like that so uh i mean again thank you guys so much um we did have somebody comment on our most recent video um I don't remember their username um it wasn't any, you know something easy to pronounce but it was not that it was more not that it was like a negative comment but it was more of like a defense oh like, yeah like defensive constructive comment that we're looking for you know we're looking for people to kind of like you know, challenge us in the comments but give their opinions and whatever and they were basically giving their own opinion about like what the rebel moon show was um you know because we were saying how we thought that there should have been more themes of star wars um and this person basically was uh on, on like the contrary you know the contrary and saying that it's not really a star wars project you know it's it's more just based on star wars um you know this is something that zach schneider has been working on since he's been in college apparently this person like is like a zach schneider fan because he knew like everything i mean they were they were referring to zach by his first name so i mean like they, yeah. they must like no, they must be a huge fan of this guy's work. Um, And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, he's a great director. Um, However, the only thing that I have to really back that is that when this project was first announced, it was being labeled as a brand new Star Wars project. So this is Star Wars. It's just not in the universe or galaxy that we know. And that's not my problem with it. Again, the problem with it was when you were looking at a trailer, when you're looking at a trailer, a new Star Wars project, want to be able to see themes of star wars in the trailer and to me i didn't see any Mm. that's what i meant by that you know i mean again it's a fun project it looks like a fun project i obviously will watch it we'll talk about it but it does not seem like it's a star wars project so i mean again i'm not bashing the film when i say that but when they say oh a whole brand new star wars concept is coming to netflix i expect to see themes in the trailer that remind me of star wars Again, it could be stuff that i've never seen before but at least i'd be like oh well that looks like it's from star wars that looks like it's from star wars and so on and so forth i mean that that's what i mean by that so but again yeah. i mean we're looking for that interaction on social media and on youtube anyway i mean you know keep those comments coming i mean you know we we, we appreciate all the feedback that we get um So yeah so i just thought that was super cool so i thought i just you know kind of throw that in and talk about that before we ended the episode um while we're on the uh, conversation of these social medias and YouTube, um, you know, before we wrap up the end of this episode, uh, you can find us at Instagram, at Facebook, and now X, which is was Twitter, but now it's X, at Two Sons Podcast. That's with an O, not a U, because we are two brothers. Um, you can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Java's Lounge. Um, I usually post on TikTok, you know, when the episodes release uh for the podcast and for the YouTube. Uh, and then my brother, you know, obviously does the same uh you know on the Instagram and the Facebook and you know Twitter and everything. Um you know so just subscribe to those, you know, follow us on those, you know keep uh keep yourself up to date on everything that comes out. Um, and uh yeah, you know again thank you guys for all the love and support. We really do appreciate it. So um you know we are obviously huge Star Wars fans, so we always love talking about everything Star Wars. I mean, obviously, this podcast was founded on the traditions of Star Wars, um, so we always love talking about it. Um, So we got some Star Wars content, you know, definitely coming your guys' way. And, uh, you know, we'll just take it week by week and then just see, you know, what content we can put out for you guys. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind sitting here and doing episode breakdowns, you know, for the next, like, you know, four weeks, you know, for Ahsoka um, just to give us some, like, content to do, you know I mean? Because I think... What it's relevant people are watching it i mean i think it would be great content for you guys um and there are plenty of channels that do their own breakdowns and reactions but I, I think if we just sit here and kind of have our own kind of personal conversation about it it makes it a little bit more wholesome um you know it's not like we're we're not dissecting like every so you know where we're like oh so in the beginning you know this happens and this happens you know it's like yeah. no i mean we just go over what we liked what we didn't like and you know, we talk about the episode a little bit and uh you know that's it So something I you know just let us know if you guys want to see more like this but you know, definitely expect some more Star Wars content to come out. You know, in the near future. You know, again, you know all the socials and everything you can find us at. So you know, we're recording this Thursday night. So this will come out September first, probably around like 10 o'clock, like it usually does. You know, but again, you know, subscribe and you know follow us on the socials. You know, to find out when the episodes post. And you know, my brother will post you know updates on when the videos are released and everything, and you know, I'll do the same. Um, but again, thank you guys for coming out to our Soka live action series episodes one through three breakdown. Um, so again, let us know if you go want to see more about this. I mean, you know, because we started breaking you down these episodes, it would we make should. sense if we, conti- we continued. Well, yeah, um, we'll continue. you know, we're not going to we're, we're not going to pull a Demon Slayer and break down you know the whole se- season and then just like stop. Um, <laughs> we never finished that. And hey, we didn't um, go
0: episode by episode, all right?
1: <laughs> yeah um but yeah so again this is probably some of the content that you're going to get going forward um so just hopefully you guys are enjoying ahsoka you love star wars and you know just come back for some more star wars stuff uh you know before we wrap it up i'll uh leave it to my brother to give you his uh daily words of encouragement and uh yeah so go ahead joey
0: yeah uh i just wanted to comment on what my brother said earlier about uh the the rebel moon uh, thing uh, viewer if you're out there listening um, either on YouTube or you know Spotify whatever your podcast listening platforms are um, again we appreciate your comment uh, nothing we say is in malicious uh, you know um, content or anything um, but hey if you know more about the project feel free to let us know uh, because again there's not much we know about it besides the fact that yeah, it's based in the Star Wars universe, um, just not the one we know. So, of course, it's going to be a little different from what we're used to. But no hate to Zack Snyder or anything. Again, I like him uh, as a director. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the project that I know we both are. Um, so, yeah, I just want to get that out of the way. And again, um, thank you guys for coming out to another episode of Two Sons Podcast, where we have discussed the first three episodes of Disney Plus's latest Star Wars. Show Ahsoka. Um, once again, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, I guess X. I really don't want to say X. <laughs> um, that X whatever you call it. Um, mm-hmm. All of Two Stones podcast, the Sons with an O not a U because we are two brothers. Uh, like my brother also said, we are under Jabba's Lounge on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok as well. So we have many social media platforms for you to reach us. Um, again, I'm just curious if anybody wants to comment, let us know what you usually listen to us on. It seems like YouTube has become a little bit more popular than Spotify and the podcasting platforms, um, which would be awesome. We we love providing content anywhere we can anyway. Uh, but nonetheless, unless you got any more words to say, um, I am pretty much good for tonight.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, you know, more about you guys for uh, coming out today to our wonderful star wars episode uh please look out for more content like this in the future uh, i assume next week we'll probably be doing like a uh, episode four breakdown of ahsoka um mm-hmm. uh, so be on the lookout for that um let us know how you guys are enjoying ahsoka you know what your theories are you know what you're looking forward to you know we really love to hear your theories um you know keep commenting you know liking subscribing following um and all that good stuff and thank you guys for all the love and support uh, whenever you're watching this, you know in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, uh, you know enjoy your day. Uh, please be safe. You know don't do anything stupid. Because it is a Star Wars episode, we will end it. With one of the most well-known phrases in the entire galaxy. With that being said, the force be with you.